You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to another episode of the film feast podcast i'm your host matt bledsoe and this week we are talking about the jackass trilogy uh and to help me do that i'm joined by someone i want to talk to for a very long time now um he's one of my favorite podcasters he's one of the hosts of the terror table podcast and you may have heard him as a guest on podcasts like cobwebs schlock and all and inside the sequel uh it's mitch oliver mitch how are you doing my friend hey matt i am doing great so happy to finally be here talking about true cinema <laughs> i was gonna say We've done a lot of episodes this show, and it's finally time we talk about real cinema, which is yes. long overdue. Um, and it's long overdue to have you on here, because I, I know we've we've talked for a very long time, and our friends with all the same people, I feel like. And uh, yes, it's just a long time coming to get you on here, but I'm glad you are finally here to uh, to just talk about, you know, Jackass and probably a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, absolutely. No, I'm I'm very excited and you know honored to be able to be on the show. I've been a regular listener ever since you started. I first learned of your existence from Cobwebs. Like I remember because uh, I was a, f- a fan of Daniels and listening to his show, and I really liked when you came on a show. And then you had mentioned that you were talking about making a podcast of your own. And then when it finally came out, it's just been nothing but hits every single week. It's just it's become a weekly rotation in weekly rotation for me. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show and because I now consider you a buddy. I think you, you're you a great podcaster and you have awesome guests. And I love the way you talk about movies. And we have talked about this, you know, 20 minutes before we start recording even that we're very similar in a lot of ways or, you know, at least in our cinema tastes and like what we grew up with. And we're kind of closer in age. So we can remember the golden age of cinema, like when <laughs> Cradle to the Grave was coming out, when yes. Exit Wounds was in the theaters, like saw all those movies at the at the cinema. And uh, that's that's where it all started. That, that beautiful time where they were mixing up uh, Kung Fu and hip hop into movies. Yes. <laughs> Romeo Must Die. Romeo Must, Must Die. Die, I think, was the first one I remember like that. That kicked it off, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. DMX was in all of them. Uh, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the thing about being on for this, like, I know I was the one who suggested it because you had mentioned to me when I talked about Jackass on the, the um, you, what's sorry, uh, Fantasy Oscars. When I talked about Jackass, you're like, by the way, those movies are hilarious. You're right. And like Chris and I don't know if Chris or Daniel had even seen them or it's totally understandable by this wouldn't be a lot of people's thing. But it is just like kind of a part of my upbringing. And I as a host of like I've been podcasting for coming up on five years now and I never have the opportunity to talk about movies like this and that's why I was like fuck like I would love to go on a show and talk about Freddy Got Fingered or Jackass <laughs> or like you know those types of crazy things that we took in when we were far too young and far too impressionable 
Yes. <laughs> I heard you defra- defend Freddy Got Fingered on some podcast recently. I was so happy to hear you do that. I was like, it's, yeah, it's Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Underrated. Um, also, before we get too far, I have to thank you for saying all those nice things about the show up top. And it was, it was like, I, that I, you said that, and I was like, wait, what, me? Because uh, I just, this is, uh, it's still still weird that the show is, like, happening. It's I mean, you're so in a podcast, you're doing it week to week, and it's like, I have to take a moment and stop and be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a podcast, and people actually listen to this show. <laughs> so yeah. that's amazing. Whenever someone tells me they, like, listen to the show on a weekly basis, it's part of their routine, and um, that's, like, the best compliment I can get. So thank you very much for saying that. Yeah, appreciate it i totally agree and uh i know it's the type of feeling that i'm trying to like i'm trying to replicate that that's why i started the terror table is you know i'm sure everyone there we've all worked jobs that we're not happy with or you know had to go through things that we would prefer to not have to do in silence and keeping the conversation on cinema and movies of all types has just been such a lifesaver for me and it's like the whole podcasting format has drastically changed my life for the better and uh, it's just been so great to get to know like you and Lindsay and Daniel. And uh, I haven't spoken with Mike Scott in person or like over Skype yet, but uh, I also really enjoy his presence. I just think you guys have an amazing little group of cinema like fans and friends there. And I just had to infiltrate my way in. I was like, please just <laughs> let me in. I'm going to sneak in between Daniel and Chris here. Uh, you guys won't even notice I'm here. Just I'll be quiet. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I love this this group. And it's like one of those things like everyone's very welcoming. Like, it, no, no, it's not like a click thing. Like everyone's allowed in as long as you're not a dick. Except you know Chris. I mean? Except well, Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> the group wouldn't be the same without Chris. He brings something special to, uh, to everybody. He's our loose cannon. He's our he steve Oh, my God. He's a wild card. That fantasy Oscars. I've said it multiple times, I think, to Chris and Daniel, I haven't said you in person yet, but over the over Skype. But that fantasy Oscars is one of my favorite podcast thing of the whole year so far because um, a great idea, also on paper, and just uh, just so much fun and just so <laughs> crazy. Like the stuff that would happen, mostly Chris. I mean, making crazy <laughs> picks, and then um, you guys just like losing it. I feel like I was it Ghost in the Shell that pretty much broke everyone. Where Daniel yeah, like walked that, away from the mic. <laughs> yeah, Daniel walked away from that one, and that that was the only moment of the whole like fantasy Oscars, all three episodes, nine hours. That was the only moment that I think was truly like, maybe not fun for everyone. (laughs) It was fun as hell for me. uh, Because like, I was like watching, I was just watching their plan foil and burn to the ground when they had, they thought they were so clever that they were going to nominate the last Jedi. And then Chris (laughs) fucking pulls out of right, throws a, oh my God, ghost in shell, ghost in the shell, Scarlett Johansson, like, and then he names off like 10 other incredible movies that came out that year. <laughs> and it's, I still haven't seen Ghost in Shell. I've heard some people say it's good and everything, but I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, oh I, God, it was yeah. so good. <laughs> I haven't, I didn't say this to Chris. I feel bad. I think he genuinely likes that movie. I looked back. I was like, what about, I saw Ghost in the Shell. I don't remember anything about it. I gave it a two out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was like, oh, yeah, I hated that movie. Um, So but I was as someone listening to that podcast, it was very entertaining. I was losing it at that point because I just could could hear the uh, <laughs> like the frustration. And I feel like Daniel said multiple times, like you saw The Last Jedi in theater like five times or something. He kept saying, like, yeah. you saw it. I know you love that movie. And I don't know what Chris's reasoning was. I don't know why he did what he did, but it was. It was um, perfect. It was very he truly is. He's the agent of chaos. That's the best example I've heard. Uh, yeah. When Lin- Lindsay dubbed him the agent of chaos, that's just the perfect way to describe him. The best, like this uh, man, this man's getting drunk on YouTube and talking about sleepover. Like 
it's it's unreal that he exists and i i love it and i wouldn't change a thing about him oh i, I love it too yeah he's yeah. fantastic i mean i've had him on a couple times now luckily he was someone too that i want to talk to for a long time and, and we just it didn't work out for a while but then i had him on like almost back-to-back weeks talking about godzilla versus kong which he's so passionate about godzilla like, oh, he knows yeah. fucking everything it's amazing and then like top gun which we had a good time talking about because um a movie that I feel like neither one of us were like that passionate about, but we had a fun time talking about it. But. Yeah. And that's the one. Cause I know originally we were talking about, cause I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tony Scott as well. And your, your series on Scottable has been great so far. Uh, but the one that I truly would have wanted to talk about was the fan. Like I, that's a movie I, I loved as a kid. I grew up with that movie. That was like my Cape fear before Cape fear, you know, like <laughs> I saw Cape fear far after the fan. Um, so that would that would make sense why I kind of liked the fan a lot as a kid. But then when yeah, you had mentioned that like Top Gun still still open, and I was like, oh man, there's got to be someone out there who you know, there's probably hundred millions of people who really really love Top Gun who will do this movie justice on your show. And then to hear you guys go on and Chris is like shitting on it, I'm like, fuck, I didn't know I could go on and poo poo on Top Gun. That movie sucks. <laughs> That's like easily one of my least favorite Tony Scott movies. It's like it's not terrible. It's just uh, it's not very good. <laughs> I yeah, I was trying to be really kind to it because I know people love it. It's one of those movies yeah. I talk to people about and it's it has almost it feels like it has more nostalgia people than a lot of other things you would expect. But it's like Top Gun just has this. If people saw it young or they saw it when it came out. I feel yeah. like it just really holds a place for them. And I didn't see it till later. And I, I'm kind of warming up to it in the way of like getting like it's it's not really about anything. And it's like no. it is like a weird like hangout movie. And I just like it more because like I love Tony Scott and it's like the most important movie in his whole career. So I'm yeah. like, it kind of makes me, you know, appreciate the movie a little more because I'm like his whole career kind of launches off from Top Gun. So um, yeah. I was very diplomatic about it, I thought, because I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to shit on it. And I thought Chris actually didn't. Should I too bad? <laughs> no, you, you you guys did a good job, but it was clear that you guys weren't uh, like the biggest fans of it, which is, you know, fine and understandable. I am looking forward to that new one, though, just because I love Tom Cruise and seeing like one of these days he is going to die by film. Like he's going to <laughs> fucking like his goal at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's testing. Oh, God, he's testing his luck at every corner. This man has to have he's. He either has a death wish or he is just certified insane. And actually, both of those are very possible. Like, uh, <laughs> but I can't wait to see him fly or knowing that he's going to be in those jets. Like to watch that whole scene and follow with him flying the helicopter was just like amazing for me. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Maverick because I, I feel like it's going to be very different than the original. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Yeah, that's a funny thing. I, I don't love the first Top Gun that much, but I'm really excited about Top Gun Maverick because... I don't know why. It just, I don't know. Something about it makes me, it's probably what you said, him just flying rainbow jets. I just know it's going to like probably be more <laughs> exciting to me than Top I don't know. It's hard to describe why I'm excited for Maverick, but not, I'm not very passionate about the first Top Gun. But, um, but yeah, no, that should be, I hope it's good. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, Tom Cruise seems to have like a death wish. I don't know what, like, <laughs> where that comes from. I love him. it. He's, yeah, a, he's I, a treat. We need, we need someone like that. He does push really, really hard for, practical stuff all the time which i really appreciate um i have a lot of problems with him like as a person <laughs> oh yeah like yeah. as like movie star producer tom cruise i'm like well you know he pushes for real stuff <laughs> maybe giving him too much credit as a human being i'm like well that's cool because he does he sounds kind of awful honestly I, i've heard mixed things like some people say like oh he's really nice to the crew and blah 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 but then some people say like he's terrible so i you know i don't know but just as an on-screen 
presence as a movie star i do enjoy him oh yeah totally and like you know that's that's the thing with uh that's such a huge conversation to have just about actors like through the ages like there are so many you know legendary actors who are just absolutely horrible people but you can't (laughs) disregard their their impact on movies like uh even what like i know van damme has some really dark shit in his corner um and yeah. like Seagal like Seagal is fucking oh, terrible Seagal's a monster like and he, Seagal is so like John Van Damme went through a period I feel like in the mid 90s where he had like substance abuse problems and all this kind of stuff and it made yeah. him kind of a shitty person and he had an ego problem and he got past that Seagal has never gotten past the ego stuff like he still acts like he's you know the fucking know. king of and the world every, <laughs> and every time every time he has to order new clothes his kimonos just get bigger like every time it's yeah it's like van damme has leaned into like he's getting older he's like kind of like uh you know he's had life experiences steven seagal seems to have no ability to look at himself and like try to be a better person and realize he's getting older and he can't he's like i'm still cool dye my hair black throw me in a trench coat (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's just no it's it's sad (laughs) it's sad to see it is because i do really enjoy like the really early seagal movies like, the first five or six oh, up yeah. to like under siege two it's like yeah under siege stuff. was great but jesus i mean after a while it's like it's oh just, yeah he's that so man fun. he was uh what's the oh yeah it's one of my favorite lines from that bad movie specter uh you're the author of your own pain <laughs> <laughs> Christoph Waltz says that. <laughs> oh yes, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Spectre since I think a theater. So yeah, I, like I remember not not hating it the way that the whole world did, but I also don't. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember from it. Yeah, that's. I I thought everyone thought it was like the shittiest thing ever, and I just thought it was like okay. I was surprised everyone hated it as much as they did. But well, it's uh, better than Quantum of Solace. I guess I agree. Quantum of Solace yeah. is a fucking mess. Like that movie yeah. is it's just boring. Just boring. And, yeah, and it's so so badly edited i it's oh, yeah. bananas how bad the action is in that movie like and i feel kind of bad because i read something recently about quantum of solace that that they had to rush it because the writer strike was going to happen um or it already started happening or something so like basically daniel craig and the director had to kind of write out most of the movie i think was what i heard yeah. and and they had to kind of wing it it sounded like so i kind of feel a little bad but I'm, it still doesn't make excuse for how badly edited it is and how just kind of it's i don't know i just don't like that movie <laughs> yeah no it's it's not good i i'm really hoping that we're gonna have like at least one last amazing performance from daniel craig and no time to die because yeah casino royale is so great but all the other ones have been a little lackluster i guess skyfall was great oh too, I, I love skyfall i think yeah, it's my skyfall favorite awesome. yeah. bond movies but i think this i have faith in this new one i i got I, we waited a long time for it yeah. um i hope it's good <laughs> but no i agree um but yeah, so I guess we should probably talk about Jack. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, so yeah, how, we we kicked around a few ideas, right? And then like back and forth. I feel like we landed on this. And uh, I feel like I said to you, I said, Mitch, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I have faith in you. I was like, uh, but I, now that I've watched all three, uh, and there's a fourth one coming out, but I've watched all three. Um, I'm still not quite sure we're going to talk about this, but I'm excited to talk to you about these movies, <laughs> but I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, well, I don't know. The way I see that, the way I see this conversation going is, you know, let, let's start by talking about the the impact of reality television and like the '90s and and how this all came to be and how this was like. I'm I'm sure we haven't talked about this, but like, did you grow up? Were you a skater? Like, did you have a skateboard? And no, I was going to bring this up because I feel like skate culture is super important to Jackass and they're very tied together. Obviously, because like Tony Hawk and 
yeah. um, all these guys, all these skateboarders in this movie. Um, it's definitely the first Jackass movie. But, like, I could not skateboard at all. Like, I was, listen, it was a very fat child. <laughs> it's not built for skateboarding. This body was built not for that. So I remember literally gotten a skateboard, like, twice in my life. The first time I got, like, I, I can't remember if it was my board or a friend's board. I hope it wasn't my board because I wasted money. But I got on a board, and it fucking flew right out from under me in the driveway. And I just fell right on my ass. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I tried it again, fell off again, got hurt, like, way later. But all my friends around this time were in do skateboard culture like i had a friend that went to there's a skate park in like pennsylvania that i think does like a yearly like kind of summer camp for like skateboarding. Oh, yeah yeah i, I remember hearing about something that. um and my friend was like big into that and so i was i was watching like skate videos and like i wanted to do it i physically i could not skateboard at yeah. all like i don't have the the talents but yeah it's i was super into that culture and like x games and all that stuff so yeah no, I'm I'm entirely with you. Like I I grew up, all of my friends growing up were skaters. Like it's just something I couldn't escape. Like it was that was a big part of my life whether I wanted it to be or not. <laughs> it's just that I grew up, you know, in Saskatoon where it's not a huge city and not a huge place and I always had like small classrooms of kids and like so my friends in my neighborhood, they were just they were all skaters, but my dad owned an audio and vis- audio and home video store. Um so he always had like camcorders and cameras around the house and you know he videotaped every single moment of our childhood which is you know looking back on it now some of that is amazing and some of it is like dad did you did you need to have the camera out for me pissing my pants at my friend's house (laughs) (laughs) wait wait hold on stop time out did you (laughs) did you is this a real story did you like intentionally do this it was an accident they caught on camera (laughs) no what happened was i went over i would have been like i think fucking five or six years old and I was over at the neighbor's house and I guess what had happened was the mom of my friends called my parents and were like hey Mitch had an accident you got to come and get it so get him so my dad grabbed the camera and came oh, over no. to get me and he like I still have it he got all of these videos transferred onto DVD so oh, we have a huge nice. binder of yeah we have a huge binder of our childhood and like going back and watching them it's like yeah there's me like I'm walking like you know like Danny DeVito in uh, Batman Returns, like, because my just piss running all over the front of my pants. And I'm like crying, and my dad's just like laughing his ass off and filming me walking towards the house. And I'm, oh God, it was traumatizing. I'm sorry. I, for some reason, until that story, I thought you were much older, like 12, 13. And I was like, oh, was yeah. like your jackass stunt? Like, this is Mitch, and this is the pee pants stunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, so what happened with that was I would, you know, and obviously we were all into skate videos as well. And like around that time, like the internet, just like you, there was all these websites you could go to and watch different brands, skate videos. And like, I was very into all those. And I would just start filming my friends skateboarding. And then that obviously transitioned into we saw Jackass at 12 years old. And it's like (laughs) when you give when a kid has a camera and they're all idiots to begin with, (laughs) like all of my friends, we're all like because they were all kids who were like we were all troublemakers. Like we were we were all degenerate skateboard mauler at kids who would run around the neighborhood and everyone would wonder where where our parents are. And. (laughs) Yeah, we we started, you know, like the, we, the worst thing that could come out of Jackass happened with my friends. Like, it was all of us, you know, filming ourselves doing stupid shit, jumping off schools, throwing golf balls through the uh, city buses. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, we were on top of one time. We, we put one of our friends um, phone number 
and at the time, like this was a landline, like cell phones weren't even a thing. We, we put his landline phone number to his parents' house and uh, we wrote it on a golf ball and threw it through a bus window. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we were idiots, man. Like we got in, we got into some trouble. We like, we, I, with the same friend, I was arrested at 13 years old at a skate park. So it's like this stuff warped my brain Oh, <laughs> and my whole friend group. And, you know, we were obsessed with jackass CKY and uh, like just the whole skate culture and the recklessness of everything. We thought those guys were so cool. And that's one of the most fascinating things to me, you know, revisiting these movies over the years is realizing just how not cool so many of these guys are <laughs> and how tortured they are. Like, like I will never forget. I think I even told you this, like I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I was recommended Steve-O's book, Professional Idiot. Oh, yeah. uh, I think I, I read it in like 2014. And I was like, why would I read a book by Steve-O? <laughs> I, I saw this man get catapulted in a fucking porta potty full of shit. <laughs> what does he have to tell me? And truth be told, that was one of the best books I've ever read. Like, honestly, wow, it okay. is. Yeah. It's so fascinating because he's so open about how he's an attention seeker. He's, he's uh obsessed and addicted to attention and approval and that's something that like you know you can just see through all of these movies and this whole culture and i i think back to when i was a kid and i was like i remember when we were jumping off schools into snowbanks like we were jumping like 20 feet and i was like <laughs> we this is gonna go bad like this, this well, we're gonna we're gonna break our fucking legs and but then i remember being pressured by my friends and i had to jump and i did it and i managed to come out of it somehow able to walk still and i can't imagine how many kids took it too far after seeing these professional heavy quotes <laughs> professional stuntmen that's one of, okay sorry i i like i said i feel like we're going to be able to talk about jackass a lot today yeah no uh, now so that I, we started i feel like we're we're fine now cuz now you're bringing up stuff that i'm like thinking about too like I, I think I heard someone say this. I don't know who I'm quoting, but like that there's no dumber person or creature on the planet than a middle school boy, which I think might be the, 100 like, true. 12 year old, 13 year old boys are like the dumbest. And I'm putting myself in that camp, too. But I always had a thing. And I don't know if it was more. I think it was two things. I was always like afraid of getting hurt for some reason. Like I didn't break a bone until my like mid 20s which was like a fluke accident and i just want you to know that that's a good thing matt <laughs> it is it is i i think i had enough to like i had friends that were doing this stuff and i was like there but i would be i was so afraid of getting in trouble and i was so afraid of getting hurt that i didn't do any of this stuff so like i had friends that like pulled pranks and like got you know stopped by the cops and i had friends that got hurt doing like you can fly jackass style stunts but i was always the guy who was like on the side probably like holding a camera if we were filming it or like just making comments about it like i would yeah. i somehow always managed to like stay out of doing the stupid stuff but i was watching the stupid stuff happen. yeah you're the spectator and that's that's a good place to be and like that's the thing too is that what what i didn't mention before about how you know i would be pressured into doing these like man I, i'm a bunch of them are just flooding back to me now of us doing stupid shit and I, I was pressured more by everyone else because I was the friend out of the group who sucked at skateboarding. Like I, I everyone, all my, I have a couple friends who are like in that group who be like, they went on to become sponsored by famous skateboard companies and like they, you know, managed to make some money doing what they love in, in skateboarding. I could barely fucking ollie. Like I could barely <laughs> ride the thing. So I was always being forced. Like, it's like I had to compensate, uh, 
by and that's why I was always the that's why I became the cameraman. I was like, no, you guys, like if if I get hurt, who's gonna film this? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, they would always yeah. find they'd always find ways to rope me back in. Like yeah, we would even yeah, like you said, stupid. There's no dumber thing in the world than a twelve year old boy. Like <laughs> I remember as we'd go on the roof of my mom's house and throw tomatoes at cars. Fuck, like there's so much car. <laughs> There's so much karma coming my way, Matt. Like, I look back on this time, and yes, I am giggling about it, but I'm also shameful. Like, I'm shamed about it, because I'm like, but at the same time, I was a 12-year-old kid. I was an idiot, but what what did we think was going to happen? Like, we're, right. we're throwing them from my mother's house. It's like someone's <laughs> just going to keep, they're like, oh, a tomato hit the car. Better keep driving. No, they, <laughs> the worst was we ended up hitting um, my friend who was with me, whose dad was a cop. Oh, we yeah. hit their neighbor's car so Ooh. and they saw us on the roof and they know they're like oh that's the oliver's house and uh they saw eric my friend there so you know 10 minutes later his dad's coming up to the door in his police gear and you know trying to spook us because obviously that's not right what we were doing but we're like i i don't know we just thought we were invincible because we're like well you can't have a criminal record till you're 18 <laughs> so it just made us like invincible <laughs> from everything <laughs> That is true. I still, yeah, something scared me because, like, I, you know, I had friends that were like, we can't get in trouble. We're only like, you know, 13, 14, whatever. And I was still like, I don't know. Like, and my mom's not like a, not like a scary disciplinarian or anything. So it wasn't like I was going to get home and get beaten up. So I don't know what it was. I was just afraid of authority. But um, I just would like stay back and just kind of let the shit happen in front of me and like, you know, just kind of uh, take it all in. And I, I don't remember. I wish I could remember the stuff we did, but I'm drawing a blank. I remember like, I'm thinking of like lame stuff that wasn't even like, but we were entertained by it because we were like teenage boys. Like I remember yeah. like, this was so stupid. It was like me and a few of my friends. Um, my mom was selling her house. I think she already sold the house. And like the couple that bought it was coming to like talk or look at it or something. And like, we're standing on the side of the house in plain view of them. And we're like, we lit like a tennis ball on fire. Like, and we're all standing oh, around yeah. it. Like he was a butthead. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, it wasn't even, what are we doing? Like lighting a tennis ball on fire. Like, it's not cool. But, uh, but yeah, just stupid little things like that. And, um, yeah, Did you do I, the tennis ball bomb where you put a bunch of strike anywhere matches? You cut a little hole in the <laughs> tennis ball and you fill it with strike anywhere matches heads and you throw it at something and it fucking explodes huge. We we did that on a car. <laughs> oh god, Jesus. Yeah, you dude. I, I see I am I am coming on this podcast and incriminating myself and revealing how horrible of a child I was. It's gonna be used as evidence in a trial. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, like one of one of the lame lame things that we did, but we thought was so funny, was our friend Matt Matt Casty. He was my best friend growing up. He actually he lived with my family for a couple years. He he didn't have an easy childhood, and um, his family wasn't amazing. And he was constantly being forced to move around to different small towns and cities. And he would always be pulled away from his friends. So he ended up just kind of living with my family for a couple of years, so he could stay in the city. Um, but he like the dude was drinking alcohol at like 10 years old, like his, he would get into his dad's <laughs> liquor cabinet. His dad was, you know, maybe not the best person to be having a child. Um, but yeah, he, so like, I remember like we would always joke about like Matt was getting, sorry, Matt Cassidy, not, not Matt Bledsoe <laughs> was getting, uh, he was, he had heartburn problems at the age of 15. Like, wow. it's like, that shows that you're like, man, you got to stop drinking. But we thought it was hilarious because he could projectile vomit. <laughs> so he was the Steve-O of the group. <laughs> yes. And we thought it was so funny because he could make himself puke and it would be projectile. Like it would be like unlike anything you've ever seen. It was like a fire hose. And it was so funny to us. 
But looking back on it, it's like, man, like he, he was destroying his throat. Like, you know, people go through therapy for things far less than this. Well, especially when you're young, you don't think of long term consequences. No. I mean, like, you know what I mean? You just do stuff. And then like, I'm sure most of the jackass guys were not thinking of long term consequences when they were like getting concussions constantly and oh, breaking yeah. bones and like um, all that kind of stuff. Like that's the, the thing that's weird to me now is like that I almost have guilt about when I watch jackass is like. I know how bad some of these guys are hurting nowadays, especially like Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O, I'm pretty sure, and like stuff they've yeah. gone through. So it almost makes me feel guilty to like laugh because, but yeah. I, it's it's just so weird. Like, um, and to kind of go all the way back here, like to like the beginning of like Jackass and where we were at that time, like where everybody was at that time. Like this was, it's funny because they, they would have been perfect for YouTube, but they were like predating YouTube by about like five, yeah. six years or so, you know, like, um, so they were showing MTV and it's like at this time, like late 90s, early 2000s, I feel like <laughs> I feel like shock culture, shock TV was really in like Jerry Springer. Were you watching yeah. wrestling during the late 90s? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. That's like <laughs> where I watched. And then I, I dipped off around then. Uh, like, yeah, the, the last era I remember was when The Rock was still wrestling. So, right. Yeah. So like early or very early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and like that was just the culture at that time. And like South Park fucking loved all of it like that oh, was yeah. like and everything was like i shouldn't be watching any of this stuff but i was watching all of this stuff so yep. i'm like and grand theft auto like oh my god like, get grand yeah, theft auto, yeah, that man. goes right in there too like um tony I hawk's so pro many, skater tony yes yeah. another big part of skate culture tony hawk's pro skater was huge like yeah. um so yeah that's you just described like a sleepover at a friend's house like gta yeah. tony hawk jackass uh wrestling <laughs> like, yeah exactly and that's that was, that's a great time it's a very good time, but it's like all stuff that like we shouldn't have been watching, but we all were watching. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, I loved it. And Jackass was I, people now I can totally get if you look back and like it's very crude in some like, but the TV show, especially is like very crude. Oh, and yeah. like just in the way that it's shot, not to mention that people are probably like, this is gross and disgusting. But um, at the time, revolutionary for especially us teenage boys, <laughs> like our yeah. 10 year old boys. So <laughs> I remember like I... seeing that on TV as a kid or. Oh, oh, yeah. But I, I this all stems back from one person. And I truly believe that he is meant he is the catalyst for all of this. And a lot of a lot of people, they credit like the Osbournes. And even like we've said, like the Blair Witch Project was like the oh, thing that yeah. made found footage and like that style popular. But it wasn't until Tom Green was filming a like a a, a Jimmy Fallon or like at the Tonight Show uh, Letterman type show out of his parents' basement with his friends from around the neighborhood, and he was found ways to get it onto local TV stations, and then it started taking off. And it's like Tom Green was doing this stuff way before any of the Jackass guys were. Um, he was being brutal to his parents <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. far before Bam was, and that's the thing. There's a huge difference between how Tom treated his parents and how Bam treated his parents. And that's why I don't I don't think they can even be compared, uh, but they always come up because Viva La Bam is like, you know, it's just all Bam punching his dad and abusing his family and like and his friends and everything. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It, it, that's the hardest thing to go back and watch is like early Bam stuff, because, um, yeah, it's it's rough. But and but I will Tom, say sorry to sorry to throw you off, yeah. but the, the Bam stuff like I, I don't know if you I'm guessing you watch Viva La Bam, too, because that oh, was yeah. that was around the same time as like Jackass, too. And like I thought. That show was like my favorite show because I wanted to live that life because I'm like a teenage boy and he's like having the dream. He has like a yeah. bunch of friends hanging out. They don't seem to do anything except like 
fuck with each other and do fun stuff and yeah, go they on got trips. a half pipe in their backyard and he's a got a sweet pool. like castle home he's got a Lamborghini like he's like but looking back it's so douchey like Bam oh, is yeah. probably the douchiest of the whole crew? by far by, by far. far I mean by far yeah it's not even close but like yeah, I... at the time I thought he was so cool <laughs> Yeah, no, me too. I, I'll never. I think it was the day. It, I think it might have been in actually Jackass Two, where it just. I don't know the scene as much as I think. I used to think it was funny when he would barge into Phil taking a shit, and he just starts <laughs> Punch him. punching it, punching him in every place. And I'm like, this poor man is gonna have a heart attack. Like he's he's not healthy, right? And <laughs> like you know, I. It, he's also clearly just like. A really nice kind person you can always tell that from from phil uh not so much his brother i don't know if you heard about what happened to oh, whatever yeah, I, the, uh, I try to forget oh, about uh, oh yeah that that was dark don vito That's, i can't oh, remember his name yeah. yeah i i didn't see i used to love don vito only because they would put subtitles on yeah. him. <laughs> i mean it's a very funny part of that show but then you find out about what a creepy was and it's like <laughs> yeah, oh it's, it's like yeah so <laughs> yeah but like yeah and i don't know i just I, I hate that. Looking back on it, like I hate seeing Phil and April being abused by him and like everyone just kind of encourage it. And because that's their main source of income, like you can't you couldn't fight with how much money Bam was pulling in at that time. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's like that's true. His parents kind of went along with it. And like the ones that I like, like I love when they put an alligator in the house in the oh, April, yeah. like that and the, the gorilla. Oh, man. Like I love that shit's funny. <laughs> Her um, reactions are priceless. I uh, I mean, both of them, really. Like, I think it's Jackass 3 with the gorilla, right? Where they go into yeah. the... Uh, for anyone who's seen these, it's going to make no sense. But follow along, everybody. So uh, for Bam's parents going to this hotel room and, 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 they, and they walk in and there's a fairly realistic-looking gorilla, but it's a man in a suit. It's Pontius <laughs> in a suit. And there's a, a guy uh, playing a trainer and the girl is smashing the hotel room up and they freak out. And then I love the part... <laughs> Phil is just taking a shit because he's like, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you find him just in the bathroom shitting and um it was funny because as a, when i was younger uh all my friends and i kind of saw this too my mom looks so much like bam's mom it's ridiculous oh really it's crazy yeah. yeah they have like the same haircut the same hair color they look alike like all my friends like oh your mom looks just like just like uh ape and i was like oh yeah i kind of see it <laughs> like, oh fuck yeah i feel so bad for, for that woman <laughs> yeah yeah and like he's he's they're coming home from vacation or whatever and they have the house filled with snow and they're like skiing and snowboarding down the stairs like it's oh man it's just so funny um but yeah like i think yeah it started with tom green doing all that stuff and he did the same thing though like i don't know if you this obviously ages horribly and tom green has uh recently i think i listened to him on justin long's podcast which is which is actually a really good show if if anyone's interested it's called life is short um but he was talking about they did you get into tom green oh my god Okay, I was huge in Tom Green. Like I was a super fan. I was literally I was genuinely upset when he announced that he had cancer. Yeah, I remember I literally wrote like a song. (laughs) This is kind of like I was so I I admired him so much. I thought he was like hilarious. And uh, I wrote like some kind of joke song or something about like, get well soon. I was going to like mail it. to. (laughs) Oh, man, we are soulmates. (laughs) <laughs> Tom Green is like actually like it's funny because when I say he's probably my biggest inspiration people will think that when I do start putting out my own stuff it's going to even slightly resemble something Tom Green does no that's not it at all it's just it's his innovative ways that he created a career for himself with the resources that he had and I think it's so admirable but like what I was getting is that the segment that it's still funny but it's it's aged poorly because of the wording but the oh. slutmobile. Oh, yeah. 
the sweatmobile was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Cause that's I like, mean, yeah. <laughs> and see that he's not physically abusing his parents. And also like they, you obviously know that he had another hood for the car. Cause he got a, he airbrushed the hood of his mother's car with two women fingering themselves. And it was so, so funny watching his dad like wake up and see it on his car that he has to drive to work. Like it was, it was so good. And, um, but oh. he, he had another hood like that was a different hood like he could switch it out after oh. the joke was done okay and that's I what i like <laughs> yeah and tom though he he's made it clear like i know i think he was actually someone else that that is doing this now that i i love is nathan fielder uh oh, wow. doing like nathan for you and all of that stuff stems back from tom green um but the difference is like nathan's stuff is really crude and mean sometimes mm. and i feel like tom was never actually mean to anybody he just True. he if if anything annoying, he made I him get the worst. It's like mostly yeah. annoying if that was the worst thing he did. Exactly, he would make himself the douche in the right. in the situation. <laughs> like he wouldn't make someone else feel bad. He he'd make them react to how to the character he is, and that's what I love. Like he he's very self self depraved and will <laughs> will jump on a grenade for himself. Um, but yeah, like so I I love all that stuff, and that was that was a huge deal to me growing up. So. So seeing like, you know, when Jackass started coming on on MTV and much music, which much music was Canadian MTV, uh, it was it was game changing. Like seeing Johnny Knoxville go into that sex shop and try and have you what did you watch all that show back in the day? Just like the original run of Jackass on TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been a long time since I revisit, but I know at the time I was watching it like every week. Like it was a it was appointment viewing for me. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the pocket pocket ass return? Remind me because I think it, it sounds familiar. But it's like... okay, no Knoxville goes into a sex shop and buys a. a he's, he's dressed like really shady and he's got he like a long coat. Yeah, and yes, sunglasses okay, on. Yeah, yeah. And he buys a pocket like uh, a sex toy uh, <laughs> that simulates a butthole and. <laughs> He leaves the store for, you know, four or five minutes and comes back in and says that he can't get it to turn off. So they start opening it up and he had spread blood all over it. Oh, and so like watching the 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 employee try to be like, sir, you, you we can't return something that has blood on it. And then Knoxville's like he's so committed to being like, no, but you don't understand. Like something inside of this thing, it left a huge gash on my shaft. <laughs> like, he's like asking him to, he's like, if you just put your finger in there, you can feel the, the, the sharp spot. God. And I'm like, man, this, this poor dude, this poor dude. <laughs> and he eventually, I think he just gives him a whole new one and says, okay, have a good day. Have a good day. See you later. <laughs> and I remember like seeing that on TV and being like, what is life anymore? <laughs> Oh, it's it was crazy at the time. Like, I don't people looking back. This is like so um, now. I mean, so you can see the stuff so easily on YouTube and people have been doing it for years and years now. Like it's old hat at this point. You know what I mean? But in like 2000, this is like, you know, groundbreaking. To us. You know, this oh, is yeah, like, this is crazy. And it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned Tom Green because he deserves a lot of credit because he he definitely plowed the way for Jackass on MTV specifically. I feel like oh, I yeah. think they wanted more stuff like Tom Green. And I feel kind of bad that they kind of got bigger than him because he kind of you know, plowed the path. And then also I feel like he does this brand of like, I guess you would call it anti-comedy that, but you know, yeah. like, but I think Tim and Eric and like Eric Andre, he make a living off that. Totally. Like Tom Green totally did this for anybody else did. And he got 
all, took all the shit for it. And now yeah. it's like, er, you know. Eric Andre, Eric Andre, who I consider one of the funniest people alive. And I adore his show. I love everything that he releases. He owes everything to Tom Green. Right. Like his, <laughs> his whole, like his whole show is just like structured as a, the Tom Green show. Right. And it's just, <laughs> it's a different type of insanity. He just, you know, as the world changes and grows, things are just going to evolve and get crazier and wackier and that's exactly what Eric Andre is like. He's just uh, he's the most extreme version of Tom Green now. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Eric Andre. And I love Tim and Eric. And I feel like it is. And I and the Freddy got fingered. It's one of the things I find hilarious. But it, all this kind of comedy I get, like if I show it to people, I almost expect them not to like it because it's just yeah. that kind of thing that would push a lot of people away. But um, but I love that, hearing I love Lindsay Wilkins said on a recent podcast that she broke up with a guy after he showed her Freddie Goffinger. Oh, yeah. And I said, fair. That's fair. Yeah, that is that is fair. And that is the way I would get dumped. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even pull that card. I would be like, no, I can't. I can't do this. But oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's funny. And then like Jackass comes in is different than Tom Green in a way of I feel like they're more focused on like hurting themselves than yes. Tom Green was. He was more about like pranks and bits. And they do pranks, of course, on Jackass, but I feel like it's way more like stunt focused. Yeah. Hurt yourself. Um, so like the movie comes out. I don't think I got to see the first movie in a theater because I probably wasn't allowed because my mom was like vaguely aware of like certain things that I shouldn't be watching, but didn't do anything to stop me, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Same thing. That you, you, <laughs> you probably you probably had a note on your account at the video store saying Matt can rent whatever he wants. Just don't bother me at work. Yeah. <laughs> if you if he wants to rent RoboCop two a million times, let him do it. <laughs> Which I would. Yep. Uh, no, that, it was weird. No, I told the story before about like when I was very very little, there was like no restrictions. And my mom tried to walk it back and like say I couldn't rent anything R rated for like a little while, and then kind of gave up again at a certain point, probably around like the time I became a teenager, because I got annoyed because they were trying to like censor my music I was listening to and movies. But I have a stepsister. Uh, and she's only one year older than me, and she had no restrictions. So I made the case to my mom. I was like, well, why can Elizabeth, my stepsister, get to listen to Eminem records and watch R-rated stuff, and I'm literally only one year younger than her, and you're going to... It's because us men have been oppressed for too long, Matt. (laughs) It's been too long that we've lived in the shadows. That's the whole point of this spot. No, I'm so so sorry to sully your show. Hopefully everyone listening knows that I'm firmly joking. I hope. Yeah, no, I'm sure they do. I just I always hope people know I'm joking because sometimes in my real life, too, I say things with a very serious tone and then someone looks at me and goes, really? I'm like, no, I'm kidding. What the fuck? It's like, yeah, it it comes across with you. That's uh, good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I made the case and I feel like uh yeah so i was you know i was watching south park and i thought my mom saw like a cartoon and was like eh. and then like jackass she knew about it but it, it, this is going to sound weird because i feel like you think it'd be the opposite but like my grandma moved up to live near us like around 99 2000 and my grandma was like way ahead of the curve on like technology compared to a lot of people like she came up here and had like um a really nice computer and like all this like office equipment almost like really all she had internet we, before anybody else i knew had internet and um she had like all the cable channels and she didn't give a shit what I was doing. Like she, so I would always stay at my grandma's house and she was so much less strict than my mom just because she didn't care or know what was happening. So I remember like, it's like 10 o'clock, I think on like a Sunday or someone's jackass come on. I'd sneak around and be like, Oh, time for jackass. And like my mom like heard about jackass, but I don't think she knew I was watching it. <laughs> so, oh yeah. 
Um, my my parents knew about Jackass and they fucking hated it and uh, hated the fact like my mom would get so like it was the same thing with music and movies like she hated horror movies yet at the same time she's the one who showed me Alien and like Starship Troopers and so she loves like sci-fi <laughs> uh, but she hated like Child's Play which was a huge deal yeah. for me but, and then I would listen to Corn and Slipknot and oh, Limp Bizkit yep. and they'd be like all you do is listen to this loud head banging music and these stupid movies just stupid <laughs> it's like if anything i was like mom you are just making all of this sound cooler for me right now i know like you're, you're encouraging me to continue on this path and look where it got me now <laughs> look, look, look at, at me, me now mom yeah, hosting me a now. podcast yeah <laughs> and it's funny because yeah my mom i remember she took my corn cd away uh and i was oh, very upset yeah. about that it was the one with the rag doll on the cover what was that one called that, oh, that's issues. issues that's one yeah, of yeah. the variants for issues. Uh, there yeah. was four different covers for that, dude. I was such a huge corn fan. I owned four different copies of that to have all of the same, <laughs> all the different covers. Oh, and I man. did the same thing with Blink One Eighty Two when they released "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Oh man, um, that was a great and, album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every CD had a different uh, logo on, like the jacket or the the plane or um, whatever. And and I remember it was like a bragging thing with my group of friends. Like we all had our CD binders, <laughs> and it's like that that was the original boutique label. <laughs> and like like you know, uh, kids trying to collect all the different Blink album covers, Blink One Eighty Two variant CDs that are worth nothing yep. now. The, this is why I think we're becoming best friends. This is the yeah. same backstory. <laughs> like, and oh, I tried to my mom into. I don't know why I even tried to do this, but uh, there was a tour called the Family Values Tour. Yes, that had like corn, Limp Biscuit. I'm sure what a bunch of stained was probably there. Yeah, I would have um, murdered to be at the Family I Values was Tour. Dying to go to that tour, and it was coming to like somewhere around me. And I begged. My mom was like, "You were absolutely not going. You're like 12 or 13. I can't remember how old. Like you're 12 years old. You're not going." to see those bands like it and i think i would have got her to taking me i can't imagine my mom at a limp biscuit concert oh my like, god matt me. there's nothing there's nothing in this world i want more than to vision you at a limp biscuit concert with your mom <laughs> just imagine me and my mom just imagine her as ape uh bam's mom and then just yeah. imagine us a, a little chubby me ladies and gentlemen <laughs> introducing singing break stuff my mom's yeah. horrified <laughs> Oh man, that's like uh, I, I played hockey as a kid, and my my dad was always our coach, and he like so we had the boombox. Remember those oh, boomboxes? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we would always be like all of that whole group, like my whole hockey team. We're all into Blink One Eight Two, Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park. That's all that mattered. Um, but I remember bringing Significant Other, the Limp Biscuit album, to to fire everyone up for a game one time, <laughs> and everyone like this is keep in mind they are we are all 10, 11 years old singing every word to Nookie. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And it just, loud, like, bla blaring it. And then my dad comes into the, the locker room and quickly shuts it off. He's like, do you guys even know what that means? <laughs> and I, we didn't know. Like, I didn't know until four years later. <laughs> I found out. I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't ask him. But, uh, like, because around then, we also had Kazaa and Napster and all that stuff. So oh, everyone had yeah, the, yeah. I did it all for the cookie. <laughs> Remember the cookie monster? Yes, I do. I'm sure I yeah. had that on some burn CD somewhere. Um, yeah, oh, we're, the man. Same, we're the same people. <laughs> <laughs> I was listen. This is how cool I thought I was. I brought a boombox to school on the last day of school in eighth grade because we were all like, you know, the big cool eighth graders. Um, which I'm not sure. If, I, sorry, if that I know people call things different things. Uh, we yeah. were back, 
basically last day before we're going to high school, you know, uh, junior high, whatever you want to call it. I and, had the same thing. Grade okay. one, like, yeah, to eight. And then high school was uh, grade nine to 12. OK, I thought Canada called their grade something else. I, maybe I'm thinking of somewhere they else. do in Tor- they do it in Toronto and a couple uh, other places. I think like, yeah, Alberta, there's a couple different places in Canada that does like junior high and all that shit. Okay, so basically, yeah, we're like top of the world because we're like top of the food chain in junior high, middle school. And like I bring a boombox to school the last day of school. Me and my friend Greg, who was like the biggest idiot I ever knew, um, he ruined his life. Classic Greg. That story. But, <laughs> classic Greg. Um, he would encourage me to do terrible, like horrible things. Like he would encourage me to like get in trouble. But I likely never listened to him. But anyway, so he's like, dude, let's leave the school <laughs> last day of school with the boombox blasting Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh my like, god yeah so we're Heroes. like walking down the hallway i don't know how we got away with this either to the bus blasting with biscuit with boombox. oh my and god it's like one of the douchiest things i've ever done i'm pretty sure yeah but it's still fucking hilarious that is <laughs> I guaranteed so many people have memories of like yeah there was this one day where these two guys were blaring limp biscuit down the hallway last day of school because i wanted that cool like last day of school moment that i always see in movies where like everyone runs out and papers are flying and yeah. like oh yeah you know. I told my grade eight teacher to fuck off the the day I got out of yeah that was that was a big deal like I almost didn't get allowed in high school like we were me and my oh, friend shit. Matt Ca- Matt Cassidy who I was talking about um, we had gotten suspended for a week about three weeks before grade eight grad and so they gave us an out of school suspension for a week. My mom's house was directly across the street from the school. So we were out there and my my parents thought that we got suspended for a stupid reason. And I'm going to get into it here, but it was stupid. So they just they let us play. We played Amped on Xbox and Driver 2. And then whenever it was whenever it was a uh, recess, we go out into the driveway and shoot hoops and play basketball. And it was driving the teachers nuts. This all happened because of Jackass. I, this is yes. Back to the note. I love that story, too, because hold on. This is way off topic. But did you never I never understood this in my school. The hierarchy of punishment. The first level was in school suspension. Yep. The second level was out of school. I'm like, how in the hell is out of school a worse punishment than having to be here? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't oh, understand I, that at all. Because yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> I totally I totally agree. And like the only thing that I could think of was like out of school would be bad for some kids who, you know, didn't have great home lives. Um, but the thing is like, yeah, I would always like in school was a hundred times worse. I would rather get expelled <laughs> than have it in school in a week. It's just like oh. you sit in a room and do nothing for a week. Like I had fuck. to literally sit in a room. I, cause I got to do a, I'm using air quotes, a fight. Uh, it was the only time I've ever gotten in trouble at school. I feel like, like serious trouble because a kid was fucking with me for like weeks. He was like a bully who was messing with me and like he flicked me in the glasses or punched me in the arm or something really stupid so i punched him right back in the arm and of course that moment a teacher saw me do it oh. and was like both you boys go to the principal and they gave me in school suspension after i told them i've been bullied for weeks and then they were like well you're both getting the same punishment and i had to sit there for like two days i believe in yeah. school in like a we had like the portable classrooms so we were like in a trailer outside and i had to write from the fucking dictionary they had me just write down words and like you're bart simpson <laughs> exactly <laughs> they would just write these words i was like I should like I should have got out of school suspension. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, no that oh. that I actually I told I'll be really really quick about this, but I told this on a recent episode. I think it was on Let's Talk About Stuff, my friend's podcast. Um, but I got suspended for a week from school. There was two kids at school who got in a fight, and I got suspended. They didn't, but I was <laughs> I got suspended for chanting fight. Wow. <laughs> so I was interrogating them. I guess. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, that uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. That it's no. like. Oh, 
school punishments Catholic, are broken. Catholic schools, man. <laughs> Catholic schools. But no, I, I think people will probably enjoy this more than us talking about the Jackass movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I, I want to get on. If you're okay with it, I'd like to get on to like, let's actually just go through each movie a little bit. Okay. Um, into into Jackass, now, I guess. Um, so I, I will say this kind of in general about the three movies. Going back to the first one, um, which came out like basically right after the show. Because have you heard like the show? It was only on for two years, which is shocking to me. I thought it was on way longer. Um, but the show was going to, I guess, kind of end because Johnny Knoxville was going to leave because he said MTV got very strict about um, stuff they could do. So yeah. they had all these people on set and they were like, you can't do it. You can't do that. And he's like, well, this is fucking stupid. He's like, this show isn't going to be a show anymore. And they're like, we can do a movie. And the move, the first movie seems very crude to me compared to the second and third movies. Cause it seems so much like lower budget and so much more just like, Oh, it's a long episode of the show. Yeah. Um, it's probably least favorite agree. of the three, but <laughs> yeah, no, entirely agree. And it's still, it has its moments. Like there are some oh, legendary, yeah. legendary stunts in this one, but <laughs> I, so I saw, I did see this in the theater. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I kind of want to jump back there for a second. Like it was, it was a time where I don't know if you guys have these in the U.S., but my family owned a booster juice. Do you know what that is? What? No. What is that? <laughs> Do you guys have Jugo juice or Jamba juice have, or whatever? Uh, Jamba juice and what's Orange Julius? I think is the other one. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. See, Orange Julius is the that's the antithesis to booster juice. Like. <laughs> booster juice is all real fruit and whatever, whatever. Oh. It's a smoothie place and. um <laughs> But my so my my dad owned one that was in our, our local mall here. And for, so from the age of 12 to 15, I was a dish boy there. Like I would just like oh, okay. I, I was a little chubby kid behind the counter <laughs> surrounded by teenage girls, like girls in high school who are all like because that's just always it was always teenage girls working in Booster Juice. And then me, my little fat <laughs> shit ass cleaning blenders. And. There was a day that it was a Friday and the whole staff was talking about the Jackass movie and how they were going to go see it after the shift. Like after the shift had ended, they closed down. The whole group was going to go. And then they all thought it was hilarious. Little did they know. Like I kept telling them, I'm like, you guys, like this isn't a big deal. I've seen I've seen all of Jackass already. Right. <laughs> um, but they're like, oh, we should bring Mitch to it. He'll think it's hilarious. Like, no, you don't. You don't know what you're in for, man. I'm like, I think I know what I'm in for. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so like I ended up uh, roping one of my friends along. So it was me and my friend Ian. We're both 12 years old sitting in the theater, a packed house theater, fully packed, sold out. And I'm telling you, man, I have never till this day experienced like laughter and a a cheering, roarious crowd the way that I I did in Jackass, you know, up until Jackass 3. (laughs) That's when it was superseded, like. I remember we'll get to Jackass three, but I remember thinking that movie was going to blow. And uh, yeah, the whole the whole audience was just fucking losing it. It was like it was so different from any other experience that I had had at a, in a theater before. But this was like the same theater that I'd went to to see movies like Spy Game and Rat Race and Monsters, Inc. and Underworld Evolution. <laughs> all, all of these. Oh, yeah, I saw Troy at this place, that uh, oh, giant uh-huh. piece of shit. Um <laughs> And then going and being like, I'm now watching a grown man take a shit in a store and walk out. <laughs> it's just, I couldn't grasp and, how crazy it was. And stick a toy car up someone. Uh, someone sticks oh. a toy car up their ass. Yeah, that's that's got to be the best. And I love the anecdote because Steve-O talks about that in his book, too. That that's the only stunt in his entire career that he has said no to. Oh, yeah. Because he, he was, movie too, doesn't he? He's like, I had to say no to this because my dad would like 
exactly I shame him or something. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it was funny because after the I guess after the movie had come out and he wishes he would have done that stunt because uh, you know that Ryan Dunn was so well known for that afterwards. Um, <laughs> what a thing and, to be known. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why, like in Jack in Jackass number two, he was he even opens up with the he where he butt chugs a bunch of beer through the funnel. Oh God! Yeah, and then he like apologizes to his daddy. He's like, "I'm not saying no to this one again." <laughs> um, but yeah, like the toy car, and but my my I think my favorite my favorite uh, stunt in the first one is the first stunt where they rent the car, demolish it, and then try and return it. Oh yeah. <laughs> So what the hell did you do to this thing? Um, that is a good way to open up. I feel like it's it's always important to start these movies off hot. I do love their little, little there's even those openings where they do like the slow motion uh, dramatic thing, you know, where they're all uh, running, which is a good way to open it. But that that car stunt is a fun one. I uh, again, I'm going to do my I hope you have the stunt list in front of you because I'm trying to remember everything that happens in these movies. and I'm like struggling a little bit because um, it's it's it, one of those things almost like you know, you could watch them and any of the stunts could be in like any of the movies almost sometimes like the toy car thing. I remember very specifically for one, um, but it's like, they kind of blur together because there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like family guy cutaway jokes. Like you'd watch a family guy episode and be like, Oh, right. That's this one. You couldn't tell anybody what, what joke is in there. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, the first one's still good. I feel like they were like figuring out kind of how to do it as a movie. I feel like they got much better at that in two and three. You know what I mean? Which probably goes also back to like the budget kind of getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure like they, as much as, as big of idiots as these guys were at the time, there's no way they could have known that they were going to be as successful as they were with like, cause this movie was huge right? and it cost them nothing virtually to nothing to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's um, like, we, we have all these guys who are literally just willing to jump on, like jump in front of a bullet for this, for entertainment. Like what, what more do you want? Like, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> and then, yeah, it it changed culture. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And then it's funny that it even took them four years to make a sequel. This one was such a huge hit. It cost like five million dollars and um, made like 80, which is yeah. like a huge return. <laughs> so oh, yeah. um, I think I, they I, really I, wanted to up their game, knowing like how much attention they had now, like after mm-hmm. that. So like that's why I do feel like Jackass 2 is substantially crazier than the first one. Right. It definitely, and then somehow yeah. three is even crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would I thought when I went to three, it's funny because it felt like there was a big gap between three and two. But there really wasn't. There was four years just like there was four years between one and two. So but I remember going in and not knowing what to expect. So I felt like I'd been so long since I'd seen that. And like I went with a group of friends who were all like, you know, my age. We all grew up on Jackass and like had the best time watching Jackass. We saw it in 3D, too. Which oh yeah, me too. I think yeah. is the way to see it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Listen, a lot James of Cameron, 3D dildos. Yeah. Listen, yeah, James Cameron thinks he has the block on 3D. He never shot dildos at you in 3D. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then slow motion the, hitting the people's faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and that but that's the thing too is I love that Spike Jones is deeply embedded into this crew. Like right. this these crew of people and Spike Jones this this man has won Academy Awards like and he's also seen in this movie running around as an old woman with like naked and just making everybody uncomfortable. And uh, it, it's it's so wild to think that, like, you know, the guy who made being John Malkovich is also ride, riding this, this scooter down the street naked as an old woman screaming at people. 
I, th- I think that's so amazing and it shows his sense of humor and like who he is as a person and like can he can have fun and be goofy and ridiculous but then also make prestige movies like her and being John Malkovich you know like it's it's crazy to me it yeah it is always funny when he shows up and I'm still every time I'm like Spike Jones right okay he's here for this like, I think yeah I think he was the one who came up with like the bad, bad grandpa idea like the old the old folks makeup like I think that was all Spike Jones because he was yeah, writing, he was writing stunts for this movie. Oh yeah, he seemed pretty involved in those the old people ones. So I can imagine that he did come up with that. So yeah, um, I did I did pull up a stunt list for Jackass the first one. So at least I can jog my memory here a little bit. Uh, I can tell you what I fucking can't even watch in the first Jackass movie. Do you want to guess? Uh, paper cuts. <laughs> yeah, paper cuts. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's, it's paper cuts. It's like it, oh, <laughs> it's like the most tame thing on paper. Of what they're doing, but it's like watching it is one of the most painful fucking things ever. And like Steve O doing it on his mouth, like I oh, oh I, God, yeah, that's, that's by far the most painful one to watch. The webbings of like toe uh, between your toes and your fingers, that that kills me. And the mouth one, yeah, like you see, like, oh my god. It's funny because I can't remember I've heard this before, but it's like I could watch someone in a horror movie get like their arm like hacked off and I don't feel anything. But like little stuff like this paper cut thing, like yep. I physically react. I'm like, yeah, and I, I, I skipped this time. I couldn't watch it. I was like, I can't do it. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's so painful. There, it there hurts. like, yeah, there are so many moments in this one, particularly more so than the other ones that I feel like it, it kind of leans it into a bit of a dark territory. Uh, like specifically there's the, the scene, the riot control test where Knoxville gets shot in the stomach with one of those, oh, uh, riot God, guns. Yeah and he keels over in pain and like you hear him and like the camera keeps rolling it's like you're are we supposed to be laughing here because it's like (laughs) i think he's about to die i remember being like when i was like 12 years old and i saw this movie i thought he was going to fucking die the way that he was reacting and it's like because they had told him originally he wanted the the bag to hit him in the chest they're like no that will kill you like if it stops your heart or something yeah, yeah if it comes close to your heart it will it will kill you so he's like, yeah, I guess we'll do it on my stomach then. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, man, it, it's one of those things where, it, you know, it it just looks so painful to watch. But I, I can't remember if it's in this movie or if it's in the second one. You'll have to tell me if you can remember. But there's one skit, one stunt in this movie. I think it's this one that I could never do. If there's one stunt I would never do in any of the Jackass movies, it's the Anaconda ball pit. Well, I, I kind of hate snakes, so I I'm, I'm very scared them. of them. So that, yeah. yeah, that there's a lot I couldn't do in these movies. So that would yeah. be up there. Um, definitely that's up there. Um, I'm trying to think. There's just a lot of stuff that I would be like, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, like, yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, this, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another like amazing thing about like something that you were the audience wasn't privy to at the time, like when they were releasing it is like this is something that was in Steve-O's book as well, is he talked about the off-road tattoo, um, which at the time I think that was probably my favorite stunt in the first movie because I just Uh thought that was hilarious watching them tattoo (laughs) Steve-O off-road. And it was the vehicle was being driven by Henry Rollins. Um, Oh, yeah, right, right, yep. (laughs) So Henry, like Steve-O had thought at this time that Henry Rollins despised him, wanted to kill him, like hated him. (laughs) Because apparently Steve-O was sleeping with the same girl that was sleeping with Henry Rollins. And he went on a serious radio interview and was like bragging about how he's sleeping with the same girl that Henry Rollins is. And like, you know, being <laughs> a douche like Steve-O and being like, uh, he, he was kind of like, uh, he was young and obviously oh, also they're all so heavily coked out in this movie. Per- two is by far the worst offender of like being able to tell 
that everyone on set is so high. And oh. it's like, I, I feel like you have to be in order to do some of this shit. But you you notice that they're always wearing sunglasses in the second one. Um, oh, yeah, Steve, yeah. And Steve-O, uh, he confirms that in his book, too. Um, but yeah, he showed up that day thinking that it was going to be Nikki Six driving the vehicle. And he's like a huge Motley Crue fan. That's basically like what raised him. So he was so excited to be able to, you know, have this done and do the stunt with Nikki Six. But he gets there and it's Henry Rollins and he thought that he was going to kick the shit out of him. So he tried backing out of that stunt like really hard, but they wouldn't let him. And oh, then he I... found out he found out years later that Rollins didn't even hear that interview and didn't know anything about it. <laughs> but he thought it was one of those things where he's like, OK, so they're telling me that I'm going to go get a tattoo. But really, I'm just going to show up and Henry Rollins is going to start kicking the shit out of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I don't know how anybody ever relaxes at any moment on the jackass sets because oh, I feel like they're going to come up behind you and punch you in the face or buzz the back of your head. Yeah, shave your head. yeah like I don't know how anybody ever is calm or relaxed in those those sets. Like you can't be. I I would be so anxious all the time. <laughs> like yeah, like uh, these are people you don't want to be friends with. Like everyone. Right. That's the thing is it's so glamorized because it looks like they're having so much fun and you know they're clearly making a ton of money doing this. But it's like, yeah, this, this is not rewarding to be friends with these people. Like, they're <laughs> just trying to hurt you. Yeah, especially someone like Bam. I feel like and he, he's kind of a douche. So he kind of deserves it. But like the, the, the second and third movies, I think that I this kind of feels fucked up to me because like he's like apparently deathly afraid of snakes. And they keep going back to that. Like they literally trap yeah. him like in that pit where they throw real snakes on him, which yeah. I'm like, if your friend is like seriously, seriously afraid of something and to go right at that horrible fear is like kind of fucked up but yeah. i mean the the only yeah. saving grace in that in that situation is that bam deserves it like he's <laughs> he he has so much karma coming his way and i think that it's actually caught up to him a couple of years ago and well i'm sure we'll talk about that near the end of the episode but bam's not in a good place like he won't he won't right, be he won't in, be in the, four yeah. yeah he won't be in four and he had a public downfall he was on dr phil man I, and i sound horrible saying this there's multiple things that i have thought that were funny over the years that I now look back on and even like a short time ago where I'm embarrassed of this, but I'm still going to mention it because I'm an idiot. Um, but when Bam Margera was going on Dr. Phil, me and my friend had like, it was like our Super Bowl. Like we, oh, we God. brought like, we bought like charcuterie boards. And we're, <laughs> we were so excited and we wow. had beer Yeah, we had beers and you know, the doobies were rolling and we were just like, this is like, this is like how people feel when their team is in the Super Bowl. <laughs> We were just so excited to watch Bam cry on Dr. Phil. And now looking back on it, I'm like, that's sad. That's sad. And it's, it's the same. I've made so many jokes about um, Paris Hilton. Like, you know, and obviously oh, I love yeah, yeah. House of Wax. And uh, I've made so many comments about her on the show. And then I just recently watched her documentary. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Um, but it's really fascinating. And it's very similar to like the Britney Spears one where you feel bad, like how people treated these celebrities and how you can't you don't get to see what's going on when the camera's off right and how, right. how different they may be and what what's going on in their lives and i don't know why i just spiraled into this uh existential um fucking rebuttal <laughs> but yeah I, I don't know where i was going at with this but that's that kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier about how i just kind of i kind of watch the movies and kind of feel a little guilty because i know like some of these guys were battling demons and i'm like oh are they just like putting on this display for us to laugh at them when they're going through yeah. these horrible things. Like Steve-O was in a very bad place in Jackass too. I'm pretty sure. Like, I think they said it was like the height of his like yeah. issues or one of the, you know, one of the heights and like, um, and then I feel bad for Bam because it's tough because like you don't, you almost don't want to feel bad for him. It's like, cause he had like everything on a silver platter, especially yeah. around like the Viva La Bam time. It's like, this guy has a great life, 
But, you know, having money and having a great thinking you have all this stuff doesn't sometimes make you happy. Um, no, it turned him into a monster. It's the same thing with like Justin Bieber. Like you imagine getting all that money at that age. Of course, you're going to be an asshole. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a miracle if you're not. Yeah. And then I always go back to like think with Bam, I think probably sent him down like a spiral was like ever since Ryan Dunn died. It was like his best friend. Yeah, um, that was a, such a sad day. And even though, you know, the way he died is horrible and it's it's sad, like he was drunk driving. Right. But Ryan, Ryan Dunn was my, my my favorite member of this entire cast and crew. Like always, oh, I, I, I yeah. always loved Ryan Dunn. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's like that's a lot that's pretty ignorant as a kid because I thought he was so cool and so funny. And then. You know, the guy ends up killing himself while he's drunk driving one night. And it's it's so sad. But uh, at one point, like, yeah. So I remember when the day he died, I was just like, holy fuck. Like that one really hit me just because, you know, like you think about how much these guys put themselves through to entertain us. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I kept thinking when they're doing these movies. Like, they put they they really hurt themselves to entertain people. And it's like kind of sad. And and yeah, the dump the Ryan Dunn thing was really a shock when that happened. I couldn't believe it because I'd watched him. Yeah, on Jackass and like the movies and Viva La Bam and uh, you know and I, it's terrible because like uh, like yeah because he's driving drunk which you should never ever be doing and it's like you know but he shouldn't have lost his life no one should have lost their life but it's and it just like sent this like shockwave I think I think I read about this with the whole group where it's like it really fucked everybody up and especially Bam because it's like yeah that's he's his, his best friend oldest and, friend yeah yeah so yeah, I'm, Bam's I'm surrounded by those people that, I don't know I think he's in a, I'm pretty sure he's in a couple scenes in all three movies but Brandon Novak do you know about him do I know like I remember like, him did something happen to him specifically or yeah yeah well I I read his book a long time ago it was called uh, Dream Seller it's really weird I read all these like <laughs> jackass books <laughs> um, but they're actually well Dream Seller is now now I would not recommend it because it is about he had like a crystal meth and heroin addiction and um, he was like he was high in all the movies and uh, Bam Margera was paying for a lot of his substances because he would be losing his shit and like it would either be you got to get Brandon some fucking drugs or you got to take him to a rehab. And if he goes to a rehab, he's going to he he won't go. Um, so mm. it's really, really sad listening to like that whole group, like even before they became famous, like that's the, like Ryan Dunn, Brandon Novak and Bam, they were all friends growing up. Um, so it's really interesting, but sad to see that, you know, they had they had they were given so much access and so much access to so many different things. And of course, when you get that that young, it's there's it's so easy to go wrong right but i right. never felt i never felt that about ryan dunn that's what i and i always liked that he never turned down stunts um oh yeah he would, <laughs> like you know even ones that he definitely should have he, he never whined about anything that's what i i really like about him and then you have guys like bam who's he's fucking whining every step of the way it's like he did whine well, a lot. What, what did you think what did you think you're signing up for right like, and it's kind look of around you you don't feel as bad because then Bam's also the guy, I think, doing the most pranks on other people, especially his parents. So mm -hmm. it's like he kind of can dish it out, but can't take it in a weird way. You know what totally. I mean? So yeah. that that always bothers me, people, when they can, like, give it, but they can't take it back. So, um, so yeah, no, I get your point. I, it's funny because I had a question. I was, like, making notes for the show, and I was, like, going to ask you who your favorite member of the cast was or your least favorite member was. So it sounds like Dunn was your favorite and Bam was your least favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, um, they're so closely tied, and it's like, yep. it's yeah, like, I know, yeah. Um, but they still they carry themselves so differently. Um, they did, like they did. Dunn was all pretty low key, and it's oh. funny because I don't know. I, I wrote that. I always do this. I write a question down for somebody, and then I don't have an answer for it. But like, Bam is probably my least favorite because he was the most like. And it's funny because I used to probably think he was like my favorite people. Bam was on, but it's like watching the movies now. It's like he's the whiniest. He seems the most 
full of himself. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite actually watching again, I like everyone else pretty much, but like, I really like Chris Pontius because <laughs> this is the one time that we disagree. I can't oh, stand Pontius. Oh, really? I, I, love... I hated wild boys and like, but that's so funny. I, I love that. We finally have disagreed on something. <laughs> Cause I think he's so like the vibe at him is like, he seems pretty chill. And I think he's always really funny. And he always, see... it's funny because I feel like Pontius never does any stunts where he gets hurt. It's weird. No, it's almost like he always is like somehow sexual stuff. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably because I have a friend that uh, weirdly enough also named Chris who like is basically just like Chris Pontius is like lost brother who and yeah. I, he's like the funniest guy. And he just will like he just is so much like him. I just think Pontius was always very chill. But I mean, like, I love Wee Man. I love. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the the I think going back like the the most the purest form of entertainment that these movies have to offer uh-huh. is fucking Wee Man and Preston Lacey dressed the same, chasing yeah. each other around places. <laughs> like I those scenes <laughs> get funnier for me every time. Specific, I think it's in three where uh, uh, what's his name? He he walks into. Preston Lacey walks into a store and he's got a beagle and he asks a stranger to hold his dog for him. And then <laughs> oh, Wee Man yeah. comes around and says, thanks, man. I got it from here. It's, it's good, so it's funny. Pretty, yeah, it's a very good little bit. That's like probably not what people think of as a typical jackass thing, but it's like very like a clever, just funny bit. Like there's nothing yeah. gross or like harmful about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel bad for like, obviously you, you're sympathetic towards Wee Man because it's like how much of this is actually degrading for him. Like when people just think it's so funny because he's a little person and they can do stunts with it. But at the same time, he's always the first to to jump in line to do it. And yeah, he's yeah. like so excited about it and loves to be a part of it. And he, he apparently he came up with nearly all of his own stunts. So that goes like, you know, that's one of those things, you know, that isn't going to age great moving forward there's there's a lot of things in this that won't age well um but at the same time it's such a this is such an incredible perfect time capsule of this era that will never happen again that we are going to be reminiscing on for the rest of our lives and we will always be able to go back to these movies and just like indulge in how fucking crazy it all is <laughs> yeah i mean we're getting jackass four in october and i don't know what that's gonna be like i, I can't wait man I i'm very excited wait. it's it's funny because when i first heard about it i thought we don't need a jackass four you know what i mean like i felt that way about three uh, yeah i, I kind of felt yeah. the same way about three too but like three to me now looking back was like a perfect ending they had that song at the end the weezer yeah. like memory song they're showing like old pictures it seems like we're done this is it and then they do four and then they've talked about four for so long that i feel like it was announced like maybe four or five years ago or something. Yeah. And like, I was like, we don't need that. It's like how I feel about the new Indiana Jones movie. Like we don't need another Indiana Jones movie, yeah. but it's like, no, I, <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm just curious because it seems like there's, and it's funny cause I guess you, uh, you and I have very similar musical tastes. It sounds like, but have you ever been a fan of the band called every time I die? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They're, they're one of my all time favorite bands. And like, I, this is a, I promise this is going somewhere. It's like, I'm hoping that it's going to be the same with jackass where, it seems the older that every time I die gets, the harder and crazier and heavier they get. And I love that because most of the time, you know, people soften up with age. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be funny watching all these guys with gray hair try and do the shit that they used to do. <laughs> and like there, there's a lot of opportunities for this to be incredible. But then there's every opportunity it could end up being like Action Park, which is basically Ooh. unwatchable in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like Action Park at all. I I, I heard something good about it. I feel like on a podcast, and I thought, yeah, oh, I'll too. give that a, I'll give that a chance. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, I don't. I was duped. Really like 
We were we were <laughs> we were duped, Matt. That's what that's what the kids are calling getting got. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because there's a really good documentary on that theme park. Yes, yeah. uh, on um, HBO Max. Um, oh, what's that called again? Um, class action class park. Class action park, which yeah. is really yeah, good. I good. really like that. But the movie, the you know the version Johnny Knoxville did, I did not like, and I felt so bad because. I thought it was a waste of a movie. It made no money. No one liked it. And he hurt it's, himself so badly on that movie so many yeah, times. And, and it's such a perfect set for, for him. Like, uh, that's what I, what bothered me about that is, like, all of his stunts were, you know, him getting hit in the nuts or, you know, falling on his ass. And it's like, dude, we have seen you, like, get catapulted out of rockets before. You're going to have to bump it up a little bit. Right. <laughs> and that's why, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I remember the first time I saw Bad Grandpa... I was very underwhelmed and I was like, yeah, I think these guys might have just, you know, reached their peak a while ago. And then I watched Bad Grandpa point five or whatever it was when it came out, like just out of nowhere. And I fucking love that movie now. Like, I think that <laughs> I think Bad Grandpa is so hilarious. There's so many moments in that that just kill me, like him hiring the movers to move the body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I was like, he. that's that's just like Knoxville at his best is getting people implicated in crimes with him <laughs> and on camera. Like, I, I love that. And yeah, I don't know. I, sorry. I, we were talking about our favorite members and <laughs> I, no, I will oh, say though, going, going forward over the years have, that have gone by and I keep revisiting these Knoxville has never been my favorite, but I think he's moving up every time because he is for sure the glue, obviously. Oh, yeah. Of this yeah, whole yeah. Thing. I was thinking that too, on this rewatch of all these movies. I'm like, yep. He was never my favorite, but it was almost like it was like the obvious pick. So it was like he was never my favorite because it's like picking like the most popular song off an album to be your favorite, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's like I, I, I felt like I was no, like I came, he came my favorite. It's too pop, too mainstream. But no, he is the glue that holds the whole thing together. I really hadn't realized that before. Yeah. And he never he would never say no to stunts. And, you know, he uh, one thing that I noticed in two. So they do the riot control test again, but this time with Ryan Dunn and Bam as well. And Ryan and Bam are like severely hurt. And Knoxville's in the center of it, just laughing his ass off and being like, oh, why are you guys whining? Like, he was totally forced to have to keep morale up and have to keep people wanting to do these stunts when they were getting severely hurt. And you can just you can see that Knoxville was trying so hard to hold his pain in to try and get the other guys to maybe not wimp out of other other things. Because apparently that happened a lot. And obviously oh. we're jumping we're jumping all over the place here. But one thing I haven't even mentioned yet from his book is that. Apparently, allegedly, every single person on this production has always hated Steve-O. Like, oh, they, really? they fucking hated him and they used him. And because he was such an attention seeker that he would do whatever they asked him to do. But they always thought that he was too insane because he would be the guy who's like, you know, wasted on whiskey and setting his hair on fire. Or he, I think he was the first person to bring cocaine onto the set. Oh, Jesus. And yeah. yeah, so like they, they all just like couldn't, apparently Knoxville especially hated Steve-O because he's like, he just couldn't handle his energy or be around him. Like he's like, he, he wasn't his friend, like Knoxville said, but apparently in three, they made amends and, you know, they've all been pretty close since because not, uh, Steve-O got sober. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's Which is good. That's a good a story to come out of all this. That's like, because Steve-O was on a bad path for a while from what I heard. So, oh yeah. Yeah, it's good he got clean. Actually, when I looked up Brandon Novak, I had forgotten. Like, I saw the first picture I see of him is him holding a sign that says, like, five years sober. So it looks like he got he got clean, too. So Yeah, um, but he actually didn't. Like, um, no, damn it. Yeah. He, oh. He's kind of a, like, I, I hesitate to call him a dirtbag because what he is is he's an addict. But apparently he um, 
he used all the money that he made from that book and relapsed. (laughs) And uh, then, yeah, he got sober again for like a year. But apparently he has just never been fully sober since he released that book. Like, um, I think him and Bam don't even talk anymore. Clearly, they're both they're both so so lost with uh, substances. I, I don't know. He could be sober for all I know right now, but I know that it was a huge thing over the last few gotcha. years. Like, okay. and Bam, yeah. Bam would openly talk about it and like post videos on his Instagram about how no one, like they had a falling out. And I remember cause I followed Bam on, on Instagram and he put a story up about how big of a piece of shit Brandon Novak is and how he's been like, Bam's been supporting him his entire life and that he's a junkie. And it's just like, man, like, <laughs> This it's there's so much drama behind that crew, man. It's weird because it seems like Bam's crew of guys who were always a little separate from the whole Jackass crew seem like they had so many more problems overall now than the rest of. Yeah. So it's like um, it kind of makes sense when you look back at like the situation when they're living in like that small town in Bam's and they weren't fucking ran the town. It seemed like wherever they were, I can't yeah. remember the name, but Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, Bam's well, and they were they were all sponsored, man. Like they were all like Brandon Novak was I think he was on Birdhouse. Oh, um, see, that makes sense. So, yeah, like, yeah, um, there's a couple of them were sponsored. So they were all being fed tons of money. Like, this was before, <laughs> it sounds so boomery, but this was before <laughs> cell phones. <laughs> like, you know, they they were making so much money. <laughs> That's, yeah, I remember, yeah, around that time, there was that, I mean, I think it was like, I guess you call it a skateboarding boom or an extreme sports boom, even because it was like BMX and skateboarding. Yeah. The X game was like fucking huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like the X games don't even exist anymore, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but they, um, so those skateboarders, I remember that's my friend who was running the skateboarding. I think he was really good. So he was like just good enough that he could try to get sponsorships. And he was telling me about like the money you could make off. And it was insane. Oh, like, and yeah. he was like pretty young. Like, um, so, yeah, I can see that. And also, I feel like this whole thing might sound kind of like we're old men because we're sound like we're just like reminiscing on like yeah, this long ago time. <laughs> I, I, I well, I, I hope people are enjoying it because for me, man, I would I like oh, clearly I'm the one who pitched this idea for this episode, <laughs> but I would be so happy to be listening to people talk about jackass and like this whole era. Like uh-huh. and it's it's such an important and overlooked piece of actual film history. And that's the thing is like. As much as we make jokes about this and we say we're going to teach Chris and Daniel about true cinema, that's <laughs> clearly not not actually the case. But these these movies had a massive impact on society, and I think for good reason. And there's a lot of merit in them looking back now. Like, man, I still, even though the first one is the weakest, these things are always going to give me a laugh. Like, always, right. without yeah. fail. <laughs> it's never going to be not funny seeing Steve-O jump into oscillating fans on the ceiling. Like, <laughs> it's it's never going to be not funny to see. St- like, I think we're obviously, this is once again jumping ahead. But Steve-O and the bungee porta potty to me, is the craziest thing ever. Yeah, like, that's insane. <laughs> like... It's so disgusting. That I think that's the closest I've ever come from puking from a movie. Uh, it's between <laughs> that and Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, what's funny. I, I'm double feature even watch Antichrist because I just read about what happens and I felt so uncomfortable. Like I felt physically, you got to do it. I, <laughs> I, I, it's too much. I will. I can't. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's funny because I, back to Steve-O kind of you mentioned him again, like I, he's not my least favorite member, but I think the stuff he does may be my least favorite stuff. Cause it's all kind of gross, gross. in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's always gross. Oh, vomiting. God. It's always Duh. vomiting. Poop, the sweat cocktail. Eat. Oh, that actually this time may be the close I came to like gagging, like retching where I was like, because it's like, it's so gross. It looks disgusting. 
his react everyone else's reaction to it is like you know like it's horrible um it's so funny brutal. though <laughs> that same with that who i think i think because this is the sweat cocktail in three i think it's in yes three. yeah we're getting all these mixed up <laughs> and the funny the funniest part too is each of these movies has two movies like the yes. 2.5 1.5 3. 3.5 it's insane we, how much stuff they shot for these movies <laughs> i know like, and that's what's funny because you say i remember when we said this you're like i don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about the jackass movies i'm like man i don't know if two hours is going to be enough <laughs> like, like there's there's so much to talk about with this with this franchise and it's it's crazy but uh preston lacy farting into the funnel and <laughs> steve-o has the like space helmet on oh god yeah yeah and then he just and immediately he start, vomits right yeah he's puking inside the vomit and that's the thing too is like yeah now i feel bad because like i'm sure this is everything that we're saying is so not appealing for so many people listening to the to this like people who <laughs> love like you know wanted to come here and listen you talk about seven uh like an <laughs> actual really really solid good movie um but these things can't be disregarded and i think it's the same with i know i'll probably get some hate for this or like people disagree with me but like it no matter what anyone says i will always have that the memory of seeing borat in the theater and being like right. that was maybe the like that and jackass like those are the loudest theaters i've ever been in yeah. And to the point where it wasn't annoying, you felt like you were a part of something like you felt like you were all it's like, you know, I'm sure you've had tons of nights like this. I do it with my friends notoriously where they come over and we'll just have YouTube on for five hours. We'll oh, skip yeah. Yeah. skip between, <laughs> uh, you know, music and then, you know, sketches of people hurting themselves or vines. <laughs> and there's so much shit on this is where it all really began with all this like kind of stunt comedy. And I oh. Yeah. I just can't believe that they were allowed to do any of this because they are not stuntmen. No, I think I, I always thought it was funny when it's like, this is done by trained professionals. I, I don't think, I think they had, you know, because every kid saw that and was like, sure, sure, whatever. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to jump off a, a roof or something. But I think the difference was that these guys weren't like trained professionals, but they had medical staffs and, you know, stunt yeah. coordinators around them. But it was like, I'm sure they didn't fucking know what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm sure those med people like that. That's the other thing that I love is like imagining the spectators, you know, coming to set for this and, you know, just thinking you're going to have a normal day. You know, you're doing your job. You're going to hold the boom out or something. And then you see someone like jumping a ravine with a mini motorcycle and, you know, (laughs) basically crushing their nuts and and all just be so happy about it. It's got to be very weird. Like I there was a part. I think it's in three. It's a very quick stunt where like Nax- Knoxville, Knoxville, Knoxville get, jumps up on like a pole and gets his ass bit by like a dog. And that's oh, the whole bit. Yeah. And it looked like it really hurt because he's like screaming for the thing to get off. And then like it cuts to him in an ambulance with like this horrible mark on his ass. And like the woman, the medic working on him is like trying to help. But like, she's tr- trying to laugh really hard, too, <laughs> which is like yeah. going to be a very weird experience to be a medic on these movies. And it's like trying to help these guys with this ridiculous stuff yeah well like imagine even uh like did you watch wild boys when it was coming out like obviously you're a pontius fan <laughs> kind of that's a funny thing because i didn't watch it that much when it was on i watched evil band way more i was more of a because I, I think it's i don't think i liked the stuff they were doing because i wasn't that interested in it i guess like the more the animal or kind of oh, yeah i'm i'm with you like so, uh, the, the one yeah. i like though like in the first one the whale shark fishing is hilarious but I don't oh. need a full series of it. Right. <laughs> and yeah, just knowing yeah. how, how they like that, that was apparently the by far the most cocaine that maybe humans have ever taken in was through the filming of wild boys, like Chris know. Pontius and Steve-O. 
<laughs> I did but, an episode recently on uh, about Tony Scott shooting Beverly Hills Cop 2, I think, oh, in, yeah. in 87. <laughs> and I think Don Simpson, who was a producer, might have brought more coke on that set than any other set you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be it could be a close contest. But but yeah, um, but now but yeah. we got to do it per um per capita you know <laughs> there, there's <laughs> two true. two there's only two people taking down this uh pile of dust well, that's <laughs> wait so back sorry I, now we're jumping all over the place again but wait so why do you not like pontius that much is he does not appeal to you or something specific about him bothers I, you i think it's mainly because i also like i had friends and knew people who thought the party boy thing was just the funniest thing in the world and oh, i yeah. <laughs> didn't really find that funny and uh i don't know like i always thought that it was kind of really lame like just like, yeah, of course, you're going to get a reaction out of someone if you just start taking your clothes off in front of them and dancing. <laughs> and I felt like it just got a little old. But also, it's a lot of resentment because he was married to Shannon Elizabeth. And I'm not married to Shannon Elizabeth. So that's an issue. Wait, Chris Pontius is married to Shannon Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. At what what time frame are we talking about? Here? This was when like is... a, it was early 2000s. I, I'm pretty sure they're still married. I'll, I'll check here. I thought she was married to a guy that looked like Chris Pontius. Nope, that's Chris Pontius. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, they're not married anymore. Um, they were... Where the fuck? <laughs> this is mind-blowing if this is true. <laughs> I know. Uh, we gotta look this up. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Well, we're doing this on. on... <laughs> yeah, you need to know this. The star um, of all Jack Ross is someone named Claire Nolan. He was married to from 04 to 2013. Oh, OK. Um, maybe, maybe I was wrong. I know they dated for sure. I know. OK, that. OK. That's yeah. yeah, that's that's possible. But either um, way, like, let's just spread a bunch of misinformation on your show. Let's get some rumors. <laughs> let's get some rumors going. Um, But uh. Yeah, I, oh man, this is this is what I thought would happen. We'd be all over the place. That's totally fine with me. This has always been like a show where we just have a conversation. But um, I hope people listening know what we're talking about. It's some have some bearing of what we're talking about. Um, so okay, fair enough. I, if Pontius isn't your guy, like the party boy thing is funny to me. Also, I think because that friend uh, who looked like uh, Chris Pontius would basically do that to us, uh, not as like with like boxers, not like a man thong, but he'd come yeah. out of nowhere and be like party boy. And then just like, okay, we thought he was yeah. the funniest guy on the planet. Um, but, uh, yeah. And that's, that's fair. I just, <laughs> I think it's also because I love everyone else in this so much. Like, yeah, so it's, it's funny. Cause yeah, I like this time I was like, I don't really dislike anybody. And I like basically everybody kind of the same. Like there's guys that could kind of, if they weren't there, I could, I don't think I'd miss them that much, which I'm kind of mean, but like guys like, uh, uh, Aaron McGain. Yeah. Okay, but isn't he the pube terrorist? Well, okay, let's talk about that because that ends too, which is like the big yeah. thing. And watching the most back, problematic thing yes, in the okay, series. Okay, yeah. the, easily the most problematic thing because I was watching, I was thinking back because we talked about this, and I was thinking like, you know what's funny? I don't think compared to a lot of mid two thousands comedy that Jackass would be that problematic by today's standards. It's mostly guys doing stupid stuff. Like it's like yeah. and. Um, then this, that, this one comes along. I got to the part in two, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah the the terror taxi." So it's the um, final one too. It's the cherry on the cake. It's the, right. It's like yeah. they're big. At least climax. I do like that they turn it back around on him. Yeah, like, and it's also yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Like it is so funny, but it is also such an issue. Well, like, yeah, the big thing I feel like is the issue of him playing this very stereotypical, well, he's a white guy, first of all, playing a very stereotypical idea of a terrorist, which I think yeah. he tans his quick, face. Yeah, and puts, like, he uses a bad accent, although I think they, someone made a quick comment in the movie about, you know, we're, 
this is a real like mocking of like he could, I don't know something about like we're making fun of how stereotypical terrorist the, the movie terrorists are or something it made me imagine that but anyway so he goes and does this thing and they turn the stunt back around on him and which almost borders into this is almost too mean I'm like thinking like what did this guy do to everybody on the set that they wanted oh. to do this prank to him because oh man they, we we've done shit worse than this to my friends. <laughs> To make your friend glue pubes to his face. We, well, I mean, I just thought they did that prank to Aaron. And I was like, Jesus, did Aaron piss them off that they they not only make him glue pubes to his face, all their collective pubes put together on his face. And then they torment him and make him think that he's being like got a gun pulled on him and put him <laughs> in a trunk and then pretend his friend gets shot. It's just like, Jesus, this one is like kind of problematic and like borders almost into like mean territory, which is like, oh, yeah, it was funny because. Watching most of these, I was thinking like, this also really isn't as mean as I remember. Like they're 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 mean to each. They fuck with each other a lot. Yeah. But it's like nobody. They're the. I mean, to lack of a better word, they're the jackasses. Lack of a better term. But like they and like it's like. Have you seen Bad Trip with Eric Andre? Yes. Yes. Okay. I I love that Eric Andre and Bad Trip is like they have all these like bystanders who are in the movie, but they're never like the butt of the joke. Yeah. Like, and it's not very mean spirited. Like he's always like the butt of the joke. And like, um, so Jack has kind of the same way. Like you see people's reactions to things they're doing if they're like in a crowded space. Um, so I'm like, this isn't that problematic except for that terror taxi stunt, which is like, just for like what the idea of it is. It's like a white guy playing like a very stereotypical you know, Middle Eastern terrorist and going to an airport, but they don't ever get to that. You know, they don't do all that. They kind of stop before it gets there. But, um, but otherwise I was thinking not that bad overall, these three movies, I feel like you wouldn't find too much to, um, to get mad about. I was reading an article, a couple articles where people have defended jackass as like a, a good portrait of like male bonding, male camaraderie and like non-toxic masculinity, which I was like, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, absolutely. Because none, none of this is masculine. They're, they're constantly hurting themselves, like putting like electric, electric shocks on their nuts. Like what's masculine about that? (laughs) Right. And none of these guys are like the typical, like alpha males. You know what I mean? It's not like, and no one's afraid to be like naked around each other. There's no like, you know, guys being homophobic to each other. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think that's actually something that was very important that Jackass did is normalized for like it, it did help because like around this time and obviously we're still having problems with it today, which is unfortunate. But like the homophobia was so rampant in everything around this time. Yeah. And like yeah. when you have them like, you know, being naked with each other and kissing each other and not like <laughs> using not using stupid, like, you know, hateful words. And I think I think it was actually pretty forward thinking in that, like specifically because of Pontius, like he's the one who really opened up the male sexuality right. in this, <laughs> this franchise. Yeah. And I've read I've, I swear I've seen stuff on Twitter that like we're joking about this, but people who are like who like seriously want jackass in the Criterion collection, they want it belo- man. I I am <laughs> one of those people. And it sounds like I, I know I've made a ton of tons of jokes in this episode, but I th- yeah, I think these are incredibly important pieces of cinema. i mean i I agree with you i don't know i wish i was smarter and knew how to say it better i've read things in the past couple days where i'm like people are putting like i'm making a very good case for how important the jackass movies are and they're dead serious about it there was someone i follow i can't remember who was on twitter i remember it was like a female writer and she was seriously talking about doing like a prompt like she basically her idea was like writing about the jackass movies and how they're such a good portrait of like like um 
you know, just like what I just said, like non-toxic masculinity and like, yeah, like embracing, like they're not afraid of being homoerotic. <laughs> like, um, and she's, I can't remember, I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, I don't know she wrote it or somebody writing it, but I was like, I want to read that article because I think people think of these as so dumb and one note and like that they have no. They like, write it off as frat boy shit. Like, they, right. they, like so many people think that these are broy movies, and like I said, there there is obviously a little bit of that in it because you know they're bros. <laughs> and <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's not ever, it's not ever like hateful or anything like that. And that's yeah, kind of what I love about it. Yeah, and like kind of closing up the the Jackass talk a little bit. Like Jackass <laughs> Three is just I remember going into that thing thinking it was gonna suck. And quickly finding out that it was that I couldn't have been more wrong. I, I do think it's the best of the trilogy. I think it's hilarious. They found ways to do the 3D stuff really well and kind of poke fun at that whole fad and trend that I guess we're about to still see if it's going to if it's going to just end up being a trend. Um, but I, I love how they went about this one. I feel like it's more energetic and like more positive than the other ones in a weird way. Uh, that I don't know how even how to explain it. There's just the fun on set feels so much more palpable in this one. Like it doesn't feel as much like everyone's just constantly looking over their shoulders, worried that they're going to be doing something horrible or have something horrible done to them. And I don't know. I think they just really up their game in terms of stunts, specifically that porta potty catapult. <laughs> just yeah, unbelievable. That's, that's insane. Um, and what a way to end the movie. Uh, it's like, it's just like, that's a good way to blow it out. And uh, it's funny because I feel like when I looked around online, I felt like I saw a lot of people say that they like two the, the best. And I kind of like two and three almost equally. But yeah. I think three has been my favorite since I saw it. And rewalked them again. I think it's still my favorite. Yeah. Um, kind of feels like a just a little bit. I mean, I, that it feels like almost like they're maybe running out of steam. not the best word. Maybe because they're a little bit older. It almost feels like everyone's not as fully committed to it. Maybe I watching this time. I was thinking that maybe that was my imagination, but um, I think three might have just the best. It does have like the most sense of fun. I feel like it has the most, like I like the stunts in it a lot, like the pranks and the stunts and uh, the 3d stuff was really fun at theater. I can't replicate that at home, but it's like, the, like there was a lot of, it just like, we had a great time. Like, I think I'm thinking of the theater experience more than anything. Cause I somehow also didn't get to go see two in a theater, which I definitely could have done. I don't remember why I didn't see it. Um, but I saw like three of my friends and like we I have one friend who like <laughs> we we don't ever know what makes him laugh. Like he's a very hard person to get a laugh out of. Oh, but yeah, nothing makes him laugh. Nothing makes him laugh harder than seeing like men hurt themselves. Like that's yeah. like his like go to like makes him laugh. And he, like so we're all losing it. Um, I was just telling them my friends the other day because I'm still friends with the same people. <laughs> like we got to go see Jackass 4. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope it's good. I mean, I, I really want them to stop, though, because they're way past the point of like, John Knoxville is like 50 years old, I think. It's time to. Oh, yeah. He's great. Uh, yeah. It's like apparently John Knoxville said he's been going gray since like his late 20s. He's been dying the whole time. But oh, yeah. But he just let it go now. He's like, I'm 50. Go full, full gray. Um there's like, a great cast, a couple of additions to the cast for Jackass 4, though, that I think are going to change it. And that's like Eric Andre's in it. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I saw like, and I don't have any of these are actually like, you know, if they're in most of the movie, or just like one prank or something. But there's some fun names in the cast. Like um, Eric Andre is one I saw. Shaquille um, O'Neal. Shaq's in there. Post Malone. Post Malone. Yeah, I think yeah. we're reading the same, the same list here. Yeah, just um, on IMDb. Yeah, uh, I thought I saw more than this one that's on here, but um, 
I, I hope it'll be fun. I mean, I don't know who they're missing from the normal guys besides obviously Ryan Dunn and, and Bam. Bam, which that whole thing has been apparently like I think I just saw Jeff Tremaine, the director, filed a restraining order against Bam. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. Is like I don't know. I think this is gonna. What I want to see more than anything, even more than Jack S four, is I can't wait for like you know ten, fifteen years down the road, and someone makes an amazing documentary about this whole era and making these movies and the crew and how they all are in older age. Like because obviously these people are gonna have such horrible problems with their health. Uh, like you, they, yeah, <laughs> their bone, their bones are toast by now. Like you know, I I can't imagine. I'm thirty and I haven't done. I haven't done even a quarter of a quarter of the stuff that they've done and my knees are fucked. (laughs) So I'm like, I can't imagine where they're going to be. And I think that's going to be really interesting. But, uh, I, I, this one, it is this, it is going to be the last one though. Like Knoxville has said that they're stopping entirely after this. Um, but they have to, it's like a choice at that point, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I don't think anyone even considered the fact that we could get a jackass for because of all those same reasons. Like, yeah, they're getting older and they're, um, like how much more are they going to be able to pull off? But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hopeful, but also like Tremaine doesn't have a great track record lately, uh, like of movies. Like I don't know, he did like The Dirt and and uh, I guess oh, yeah. wait, no, he, he was a producer. Oh, did he? he oh no, yeah, he was a producer. Oh, he's a producer. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like he can handle this pretty well. He's done this for you know so yeah. many times and um, it'll be more so the cast like it'll be interesting to see them like i bet you they're going to be trying to get other people to be doing stunts than just the original guys and that's yeah kind of how they're <laughs> going to fill time like hopefully we see post malone get something brutal <laughs> happen to him or getting Shaq involved like that's awesome i think i i think i saw knoxville say that part of four was trying to rope in like younger people younger guys or something to like get them to do more stuff because like they physically just can't i mean i think i saw like first day of production that like knoxville and steve hurt themselves on a stunt like or something you know um so i I, they don't need to go that crazy like it's funny because watching the three movies again i was like some of the crazy stunt stuff wasn't even like the highlights it's like the pranks were sometimes really funny um like uh oh, i'm trying to think of like some of the like the we did have a grandpa movie but like the bad the grandpa stuff or like um I love that bit. I can't remember if it's in three or two where Knoxville's hanging out with that kid in front of like a, an oh, outside diner. Yeah. And so then there's good. talking shit to this guy next to him. Cause he's letting the kid like smoke and drink. And this yeah. guy's like, you know, you kids smoke and drink. He's like, Hey, fuck off. Like mind your own business. <laughs> oh like, my God. Yeah. Like I love that fight. stuff. And that how they open uh, bad grandpa too with that. That kid is just hilarious and adorable. Um, <laughs> but I love how he's in the clinic talking to a stranger about how his mom's addicted to crystal meth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my mom's addicted to crystal meth what do you think <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that yeah it's like what do you what do you do to that um oh i got it really quick before we wrap up i do need to go through some of my some things i do remember that i really like i love in the first jackass where knoxville fights butterbean in that store yeah and it's one of the funniest moments of the whole thing because and it's it's knoxville getting knocked out which is not really funny but then he first thing he says when he wakes up is is, is okay? butterbean okay yeah <laughs> she's like i love Great. that great line um and i'm thinking of there's a see there's a, a very simple prank that makes me laugh so hard in three which is like that high five 
where they oh, have to, love it. Yeah. The so giant good. hand around the corner. And like, so we man standing at like a doorway and then people are, you know, like Bam's walking down and Bam is the funniest one, but they put like flour on the hand. And yeah. like, if you watch it from the angle, Bam like goes like straight as a board and falls back. Like, yeah, he it hits him like a brick. And that's the thing too, is you can see so many times throughout the franchise, Bam overselling his like pain. Like he'll always whip his head harder and like make it look like it hurts more. Uh-huh. But that's the funniest thing about the hand is he clearly had no idea that was about to happen. <laughs> He's carrying a big tray of soup. <laughs> oh, that wasn't him. That was, uh, I think that was Aaron. Because then they, because oh, right. Bam's like yeah. just got flour all over him. And then they're like, how do we get this guy to carry a big thing of soup? Like an idiot on the jackass said, he's like, I'll carry this soup. That's going to happen to me. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, so it's good. So, so good. Um, and so they can do more stuff that's like, you don't need to jump off like a building. You know what I mean? Just do yeah. like funny, smaller pranks. And it's still good. Um, I love like, when they're, it's some, it's funny to me, like when there's just chaos, like when they throw a bunch of them, like in a small space and like throw a bunch of, I don't know, they like, um, is in the first one, like the roller disco and they put them yes. back in the truck <laughs> yeah, and they're that. on the roller skates. Like, you know, just, just stuff like that. You don't need to like do crazy, crazy shit where you're going to like get a concussion. I mean, Johnny Knoxville's body is probably like, oh yeah. Oh God. I mean, he said he's himself, he's had like probably 10 to 20 if not more concussions i probably more than that but dozens of concussions which is scary when you think about that and like broken bones and just all kinds of crazy shit but um i don't know it's gonna be interesting for four but i will i will be there with my friends i'm sure (laughs) yeah no i'll i'll be there opening night and i i hope it's i hope it's good but either way i'm still just thankful for this series for existing in the first place because this is always going to be something that i will always be able to count on to make me laugh and so seeing that, like, you know, 20 years later, they are still funny uh, right. <laughs> is just it, there's something to be said about that. And I think, you know, it might be unpopular to like the Jackass movies at this current climate because of just how crude they are. Um, but there's something to be said about needing some of this to balance the world out. <laughs> Like, I, I, I honestly think that these jackass movies make the world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people would be surprised if they haven't seen them to go back and be, realize, like we said, like how, like, surprisingly unproblematic they are. And like, yeah. like, if you have a problem with, like, gross stuff happening or if you have a problem watching guys be really stupid, then you probably wouldn't like it. But because um, I know some people just wouldn't want to watch, like, the stuff with there's a lot of vomit. Jesus, I forgot how much fucking vomit there was. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. But um, basically, Jackass is like, um, what's the the elevated Three Stooges? <laughs> basically, yeah, it's it's the next the next level, and it's funny to me because like I don't know how well Jackass would play if you showed a bunch of like teenagers nowadays. Jack, I thought it would still play well because it seems kind of universal to be like it's funny to watch guys hurt themselves. Like you know what I yeah. mean? It's like a very like primordial like caveman like man fall down haha but it's like... i can say i am i most curious i would love to sit beside daniel epler and watch one of these movies and see what he thinks of them <laughs> I, I have no idea if he's seen them before or anything but i don't think he has i would love to sit with daniel and chris Hurtado and oh, yeah. the four of us watch jacket i mean you would i know be laughing i don't know how they would be but i just i just <laughs> i just never know because like you know i would i would never have guessed that daniel would love running scared as much as he did like never in a million years oh, that's no, what I, I was so that's scared I, yeah i love that i loved when you're I, like i have no idea what this is <laughs> so i was like yeah i i don't know how you'd handle that but that's what i like so much about like you know our, our little community of friends who like are such eclectic film watchers and you'll be surprised by things that you think they'd love and then they'd hate and then Vice versa, they hate you know? it and they love it. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't know. I kind of love that, but it was funny because I think I told the story 
on that show with Daniel. We talked about running scared where it's like I had given him the movie to watch and then I hadn't watched it in a while. And I watched it and I thought as I'm watching, I go, oh, shit. I was like, Daniel might not like this because it seems so like rough for what I thought his tastes were. But then he loved it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, thank God, because I was like, I can I can now explain to how you know how I said that because I grew up fucking obsessed with running scared like i loved that movie loved it and the last time i watched it and i said like it was a bit too much i was watching it with my ex-girlfriend and that was the only movie in our entire relationship that she hated oh, <laughs> that we wow. were watching so i'm like okay yeah that's gonna you know sully it a little bit like she really hated the energy of it and how gross like that movie's fucking gross too <laughs> there's a lot of really gnarly shit in that movie really rough stuff yeah it's uh it's just so crazy. I can't believe that it got like made by a major studio and put out in theaters. Like it's so and it's so rough. Stars Paul back. Walker. Stars Paul Walker. Yeah, who's yeah. not who's not that guy in my mind? He's a clean cut surfer guy. And then it's like that's what but, I like most about it. I like watching yeah. actors like that being put. And that's why Robert Pattinson is honestly my favorite actor right now, just because I love seeing the his career, the the turn his career has taken. It's so interesting seeing the guy from Twilight who everybody hated for fucking sparkling and being in children's movies that were, <laughs> weren't even made for you. Like, I, that's one thing. I always wondered about the Twilight hate, because I'm like, you're 25. What are you doing watching Twilight? <laughs> don't, don't shit on Twilight. You're tw you are fucking I, 20 years too old yeah, for this. It's, I've never seen it, because it, I'm like, this isn't for me. There's just movies yeah. where I see them, I think they look terrible, but I go, well, that's not for me. Like, there was some movie, I'll never forget, because I saw the trailer like 45 times that before it came out, there was like, I think it was called just called book club. That was like a movie about like old women discovering like 50 shades of gray or something. Five years of book yeah. came out. I thought that movie looks fucking terrible, but yeah. I thought that movie is like for people like my mom, you know, women exactly. in their 50s, like that. So it's not for me. So I don't get upset. So like twilight, I was not the demographic for. So I was like, I will just never watch twilight. And, yeah. uh, and there we are. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're good. You don't need to like, that's the, I'm just saying as someone who hosts a horror podcast for the past five years, like, it always it shocks me when fucking grown men come on the show and whine about Twilight. I'm like, what? Wh why? What are you doing even watching it? <laughs> yeah, so, I, <laughs> I just can't stand wanting to just hate something just because it's popular. That drives me nuts. Yeah, that is really frustrating. I. Uh, yeah, I, I, just... and I know that's what all of you guys did with Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I told you, I'll, I'll say it before we recorded, I was like, I kind of like Joker at first. Yeah. And then, like the longer I sat with Joker, the longer I was like, oh, I don't think I like Joker. But I still would maybe more shrug my shoulders at it than be like, oh, this is a terrible piece of garbage or something. You yeah. know, it's just it's so weird to be it's so weird to be in the middle on a movie that's that divisive. It's yeah. bizarre to be like you. it's like you can't even be there. People only let you be in the middle. They're like, you got to come one way or the other. You got to love it or hate it. I'm like, I just think it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> like there's things I like oh, that I don't like, you know, <laughs> so. yeah, there's so so many examples of that. And like another one is like the Lone Ranger, where it was just destroyed critically. I still have never seen it, but I know a lot of people who really like that movie. Yeah. Um, Tarantino I guess batch for it. I think at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he put it on his top 10 of that year. <laughs> And um, yeah. yeah, and then I don't know, like if you're into cannibals, then I guess <laughs> check it out. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so many there's so many movies like that. that and another one, Mother. I know you because I loved the episode that you did recently. And actually, I just I started watching Mother again yesterday. Um, I'm a big fan of that movie, and that's a movie. It received an F Cinema score, yeah. and well, that I makes... walked out of there being like masterpiece. I mean. I think about this. I'm very reasonable. I think when I realize, like, okay, I love something, but I can see why the general public would hate it. And yeah. watching Mother in a theater, 
I mean, I was seeing as it was happening, people walked out at multiple times and I'm like, oh, I'm liking this, but I'm weird. And I, you know, yeah. I'm like, I get it. Like when it got an F cinema score, I was like, well, that's unfair, but I get it because like, it is so not a crowd pleaser in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Like, no. And that's, a, I, I get, I get people not liking it. Cause it's like, yeah, what I would never in a million years try and sit my mom down to watch mother with me. Like, no, it's like the no movie's just not made for her, <laughs> but to say that it's, bad and like be so like it, that's the thing is it was the the reviews for that one were so malicious like people were just like so horny to hate on darren aronofsky and because he is a pretentious ass douche like he is. i was uh, gonna call him exact same thing <laughs> yeah i i love his movies and i respect the living hell out of him but he is without a doubt a douche like um but it's like you can't you can't say that this is bad like this this is not bad like right. I, I don't know I just think it's so well made. I could never hate it. I think it's insanely well made. Like there's that sequence where I'm not sure if it's truly one take or they cheat it, but they're going around the house and like there's different scenes going on. Like that's insane. Like I was watching that in the theater and going, this is like insane filmmaking. Like this is next level shit. And like, so I could never hate it for that. But like, like I said to Brent on that one, I was just like, it got kind of boring to me once I broke it down to like the, all the religious correlations. Cause I, I I almost rather would have it make no sense than for it to actually make sense. If that yeah, means. I um, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like I don't want answers. Almost like I, it's you know um, this has been a good time. We talked way longer than I thought we would about Jackass, but that's that's <laughs> I like I thought this would be one of those like very rare for us like hour hour and a half episodes, but it's fine. I I, I yeah. really had a good time talking to you. I think it was long overdue. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to doing it again soon sometime. I know I, I, I plan on getting you on the terror table, but anyway, I know this episode's also going to go up later uh, than we're recording it. But at the time of where when we're recording this, we haven't put out an episode in two weeks. We've been all been extremely busy and personal life stuff has gotten in the way. And this has been the hardest. Uh, we This has been the hardest struggle for our podcast in our full five years. <laughs> and I think it's just because life's starting to get back to normal and things are coming up and but uh if you're listening uh and you haven't heard the terror table or are a terror table fan uh yeah we're we're gonna have a bunch of really cool stuff coming out in the next month or so Um, i'm very excited to be on there thank you again for asking me to come on i was like i was uh i was flattered so um but yes i will i go ahead and let you plug all the your podcast and everything people can follow you and all that stuff yeah um well i guess you can just follow the terror table on any any platform uh, twitter instagram or facebook at the terror table if you want to follow me personally i go as blair mitch 666 on instagram and i think that's all i really need to plug those are the only ones i really use but i'm uh, i'm in the process of doing some really really exciting things this summer uh, some creative things with filmmaking and i would love anyone who's interested to be a part of it you can be from a different part of the world and get involved in some way uh, but we're going to be sharing some information about that right away here that should be out by the time this episode goes up. So uh, check out my social medias or the terror table if you want to get involved with a, a really cool horror film that I'm oh. going to be making this summer. So it's very cool. I'm very excited for that project you're working on. I don't know much about it either. It's not like I have the inside information, but <laughs> but I'm very excited for you. I know you're excited about it. So um, that should be very cool. So, yeah, everyone should follow Mitch, uh, definitely check out the terror table if you're not listening to that already. Um, but yeah, all that's all good stuff. So, um, for us, uh, the usual stuff, uh, you could follow, uh, me on Twitter at Matt blood 87. Uh, you could follow the podcast at film feast pod on Twitter. Um, you could follow me and the podcast on Instagram at film feast, all one word. Um, and that is it for this week. Uh, thanks again, Mitch. And thank you guys for listening.
Yeah, I have one quick oh, question for you though, yes. Matt. <laughs> if you're not praising Jackass, do you really care about cinema? <laughs> the eternal question of it, listen, if Jackass ever does, honestly, gets in the Criterion collection, I will lose my shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Get in that box set, baby. Oh, what a day that'll be. What a day. Yeah. <laughs> Just to read the comments on the Criterion Facebook. That'd be awesome if the box... Sorry, I know we're... we're God, we, we, have, we have to hang out and just not record sometime. But uh, I would love a box set of Jackass that was coated with, like, an arm cast. Like, the materials for casts. That'd be hilarious. The, the funny thing is we keep joking about it. But I honestly, God, think Criterion could do, like, an amazing box set of the Jackass movies. And, yep. like, there'd be, a, like, someone... Like, one of those smart people somebody earlier who wrote, like, a nice essay about jackass and its impact and like male bonding all that stuff like you could do it i swear you could really yep. do something with it um plus honestly god i would just love to see people lose their minds like the hardcore like snobby criterion fans if yep. they would just who need to have it in their in their collection right <laughs> but also hate that it be in the criterion collection. Yep. like if they got mad about princess bride and um the breakfast club being a criterion they would fucking their heads would explode over jackass being <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, that's I insane. would love it. But anyway, no, I'm glad you added that little little extra at the end there. So um, thanks again, Mitch. Thank you again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.